Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things, and I believe the countdown is on. We are one week from the release of Moon Knight, and one guy who's very excited about that is sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing today, sir? You holding it together? It's hard. It's just hard, John. I wake up in a cold sweat. Like, is, is it on yet? <laughs> like a dude without his fix. Also, sitting over here, Chris Carr is here. Chris, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with my bud. And, uh, of course, she's not talking about Ray, who is nobody's bud. I'm just kidding oh, about that. Ray. Ray is here. He's just on the other side of that door. He is in the live chat with you guys right now, and he'll be with you in the live chat. But, of course, it is Wednesday, which means... Aaron is here, as well as Joey Bishop. How you doing? Oh, well, spring has sprung, so Joey Bishop says it is officially sundress season. And Ooh. yes, we are very excited to see our buds again. Um, my mom is actually hanging out with Ray. Yes, that's right. Your mom's right in town. Now, and Ray is so lovely. He's out there making my mom a coffee and offering her various types of creamer. But I missed Aww. you guys so much. I was filming SWAT last week, which was a wonderful experience. Did and you get I, swatted? Um... <laughs> Not on camera, but no, it was a wonderful experience. It was uh, it was a great set for all the actors out there. If you ever have an opportunity to audition for and be a part of SWAT, they are a very lovely, welcoming family. And I'll let you guys know when the episode is set to air in a couple weeks. And uh, guys, it of course is great to have you here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. First half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And the second half of the show, going to take your live comments and questions. If you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, and you're here joining us for the live stream, you can fire in a super chat using the YouTube chat over there. And we'll read those off when we get to the end of the main topics. However, if you're watching this show any of the other 22 hours during the day, and you want me or Rob or both of us, to answer a question you got, send it in using the tip link that's down in the description below, and we will answer it on Mailbag, our show we do three times a week. There's a new episode coming up today. If you want to get in a question for Mailbag, simply go down to the description of this video, click on the tip link, or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on Mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate for the show. And, of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us involved here at the John Campia Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Okay, guys. Lots of stuff to talk about here today, so let's dive right into it with an off-the-top, and that first one is this. A couple of days ago, some news came out about Netflix that got a lot of discussion going, some debate, if you will, some pretty hot opinions about it as well, where basically something that we knew was coming for a long time was actually arriving. Netflix has designed some ways to prevent people from doing free password sharing to Netflix accounts so they can share free Netflix to people. But they are offering a new service where if you want to share your password with somebody outside of the house, you can for an additional $3 a month. Now, $3 a month is what it's going to be in the three countries they're testing this in. Whether or not it ends up being $3 here, I got a feeling it probably will be $3 when it gets here. Now, this, of course, got some people very upset because they're, damn it, you don't own your service. I am entitled to have Netflix for free, damn it. How dare you propose that I have to actually pay for Netflix service? Bunch of I should be able to borrow my cousin's password for nothing. When that, of course, is not what Netflix's service is, 
nor is it their user agreement, which says you can have multiple people in the same house using Netflix. You can set up accounts for them. They can have their own profiles, all that kind of stuff. But they set up this thing kind of as a compromise. A lot of people are very upset because we like our stuff for free. Uh, but they are introducing this. Well, now our report has just come out, and this comes to us via Variety, that says doing this, Netflix is going to make $1.6 billion per year. Now, really what this means is they're actually recouping $1.6 billion a year that people have been stealing from them every year. But if you want to know why they're making a move like this, well, here are $1.6 billion with a B, reasons why they're going to do this. Now, this comes to us from the folks at Variety who write the following. Uh, Netflix wants users who share passwords with people outside of their household in violation of its terms of use to pay an additional fee in keeping for to keep streaming. The plan, if successfully rolled out, globally could add a cool $1.6 billion to Netflix's top line, according to a new Wall Street analysis. Now, here's one of the interesting things. The Wall Street analysis proposes that they did a study on this, that not everybody who's stealing passwords or using other people's passwords for you're going to sign up for this, but a good portion of them will. But the study also suggests that there's going to be a certain percentage of them that actually just go, well, whatever, I might as well just get my own account and then go ahead and get their own account, which is ultimately really what Netflix wants them to yes. do. So we're talking about $1.6 billion. I am curious because I don't think, Aaron, you were here for the first time we talked about mm -hmm, this. I was not. So I'd be curious to know, Number one, your thoughts on Netflix making this move. And now that we're kind of getting an indication that they're going to make like over the course of the next three years, they're going to make close to $6 billion in this, getting people to actually pay for this. I don't know. What do you think about this overall? Well, I mean, yes, of course, when we're used to getting something for free and we're used to being able to share it with everyone that we know, then there becomes a certain sense of entitlement of, well, this is the way it's always been done, so why should we have to change it? That's part of human nature. We can see that in every facet of our culture. However, at the end of the day, Netflix is a business, and I would love to be able to say, well, wait a minute. Um, why can't I, why do I have to pay my gas bill? Why can't I just, you know, hook my gas line up to my neighbor and, you know, let them pay all of it? Well, because I'm using gas to, you know, use my dryer and to heat my food and do different things. So I should have to pay for that. Similarly, Netflix is also a business just like LADWP. So they should be able to charge people for using their service. I don't really understand the mentality of I don't think I should have to pay for this even though I'm receiving it so I'm I'm really curious what the responses have been um but then also similarly um you know I don't know how I don't know how they're doing it though so how does it work so cuz I know that Tom and I being in one household we have multiple TVs right. and so sometimes we watch it in different TVs but then we also each have a laptop and we also each have an iPhone and Tom also has an iPad that he watches things on so do you know I'm assuming you know how they're going to do it it's similar to how banking kind of does it right now so, so for example if I'm over at Rob's place and I borrow his laptop to log onto my bank account I can put in my credentials but the bank account's going to go whoa 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 my bank website will say to me um Okay, your credentials are correct, but we do not recognize this IP because this is not normally the IP that right. you, user John Campia, right. normally log in here from. We're going to send you a text message, confirm it's you. We're going to do this other sort of three. Now, they haven't announced exactly what their steps are, but yeah. i got to assume it's going to be one of those things. So, like, if 
if like Chris lives with you and oh my you, God, that'd be so fun. you guys are be roomies and yes. you share, she lives in the house with you and you share your password with her. She lives in the house with you. Yeah, here, Tom. She uses her laptop to log in and all that kind of stuff. But if she suddenly goes somewhere else and tries to use my laptop to log in, it's going to say, okay, yeah, this is Chris Carr's credentials, but this isn't a device you normally use. This isn't a, you are, mm-hmm. this isn't an IP address you usually come from. Yeah. But, and it looks like the other streaming services are going to pick up on this too. Any anyway, Chris, I want to check with you on this. Now we talked about this the other day, Yeah. but you've had a few days to sit on it now. Now that we're hearing like 1.6 billion a year, mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it now? I mean, I'm going to send my brother a Venmo request for $36 <laughs> and be like, come on, you mooch, give me my money. Mm-hmm. I think this is great though. Cause a lot of people too, I am somebody who uses some other passwords too for my friends. And it's kind of been a trade system so far, right? Of, Hey, I really don't feel like paying that extra bit for stars or for showtime. I'm going to let you in on my Hulu account, or I'm going to let you use my Disney Plus or something like that. And we've kind of evened out that way. I don't mind sending somebody three bucks a month to help me out like that, rather than spending an additional, what, 17 per month? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're at right now? Something like that. I, I don't mind a $36 fee for a year. I think that's very, very reasonable. And for Netflix to recoup this amount of money... I mean, it's a no-brainer for them. And I do think a lot of people will just sign up for it themselves, like you were saying too, John, because maybe they don't want to Venmo their sisters. Maybe they want to feel like big, strong men with their own accounts. Yeah, my, I, I get my, my, my dad has his own account. It's called Buckman because he's a deer hunter. And so he has his, so there's Tom and then there's Aaron, which is a cat, of course. And then my dad's is a picture of a deer and it's, his nickname is Buckman. And I go on there and I put all the things that I think that he'll like, um, like uh, Tiger King and 60 Days In and like all these crazy shows, all these weird documentaries. And so it's kind of like a little Easter egg hunt for my dad every time he goes on our Netflix account into his own section of it. He has like these new little things that he finds. So. I'm going to go ahead and cough up the extra $3 a month for my parents, for my dad, so he can watch all of his weirdo documentaries. So here's the thing. I, I, I could, I never want to see what's on my parents' playlist. I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to call her out, but my, my wife has a friend who I believe watches a show. And she was like, yeah, so I went on, like we share our password for X streaming service. And we went on to see the history list and like mom and dad were watching like some, soft core red shoot diaries after dark kind of stuff I'm like this is stuff i didn't want to know uh, so yeah so i don't want to know this stuff either and rob that's one of the other things to kind of encourage people to do this when they detect people are gonna do this, the people they're going to bill are the account hold owners yeah. so like if somebody if i'm loaning out my my password to somebody i'm the one who's gonna get charged with but rob you hear about this 1.6 billion dollars what are your thoughts well first of all if you're going to borrow the laptop to check your bank account can i please clear my browser history. So I have to tell you, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this and our own Netflix account at home, ours, has two other family members that don't live in the house that use it. And it's fun because Netflix, you know, you have the logos, people can have their own avatars yes. and pictures and names and, and everyone, yeah, everyone's <laughs> always changing them around like you were or whatever. People's names get changed. I kind of like that because mm. I like the fact that it, in a way it keeps you connected to your family. You yeah. know, it's kind of a. But on the other hand, as a proponent, John, you've made films. We've all made projects. The idea that that over the last twenty five years, whether it's any kind of media that costs money to get produced, movies, music, TV, now that it's all in online form and it's available as files or it's streaming, we think it should be free. 
like it, this there's a mentality that it doesn't have to be paid for and it's really it's killed piracy and this kind mm. of thinking has killed a lot of independent films from getting made and i think that the biggest benefit of this is that i think it will make people realize that there is value to this content that it deserves to be paid for and i i think that i'm all for it i think it's a really good thing the fact that netflix look if they're making a billion a one, 1. 1.6 billion dollars that means they're going to put that money back because as we know the streamers are spending 100 to 150 percent of their streaming income on more programming at least for a while so that's a good thing but on the other hand i like the idea that it's creating value in the in the minds of our civilization about this stuff is deserving of being paid for. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a great benefit. It's a look, I know you, you said, well, Rob, are you coming out in favor of corporation? Yeah, I am. I am coming out in favor of, of Netflix because this content, we deserve to get paid. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I mean, we've already you cut the debate about you. Well, what, should Netflix charge us for what has been there already? But now that you hear they're going to be, they're probably losing out on $1.6 billion a year. How does that change or color your opinion of this? Does it at all? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do one more off the top here today. And that is this, you know, two of my favorite things in the world, Batman and Supernatural. It looks like they might be coming together a little bit in one sloppy orgy of a marriage because what we have just heard is that Misha Collins, who played the angel, pardon me, in Supernatural, is going to be coming in to play Harvey Dent Two-Face in the new CW show Gotham Knights, which I'm going to admit right now, I didn't even know was coming. When I hear Gotham Knights, I think of the video game. Same. That's on its way. But apparently, the angel Castiel is going to come in and play Two-Face. So, basically, he got on, um, you know, if you watch Supernatural, Castiel always has the trench coat. And so, when he was cast in this, he got on online and said, hey, when I got cast for this, I asked people, is he going to be wearing a trench coat over something? Because if not, I'm going to feel completely out of place which is pretty cool. But if you're like me, well, this is what he said specifically. He said, I've asked if my version of the character would be wearing a beige trench coat over a, over a gray suit, Colin tweeted Friday, along with a picture of Harvey Dent Two-Face figurine. I'm just not sure I'll be comfortable in front of a camera without one because that's always been what he always wore in Supernatural. But here's the basic idea of this show, which I knew nothing about. And again, this comes to us from Variety, right? The following. Uh, written by Chad Fivish and James... Stottero and Natalie Abrams, the CW drama pilot, which is notably not a spinoff of the CW's Batwoman, or is it based on the upcoming release from the Warner Brothers game? So this has nothing to do with the game Gotham Knights, even though it's they're both Batman-centered sort of things. Uh, takes place in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder as his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the caped crusader. And, as the city's most wanted criminals, this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no dark night to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected of places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. Which I believe is also kind of the underlying 
meaning and, and story of the game that's coming out as well, even though this is not meant to be a video version of the game. Now, from what I'm understanding, they've only ordered a pilot so far. And whether Misha Misha's Two-Face is going to be like the main villain of this or just a side character or whatever, it's fine. All right. So there's two things to talk about. First thing to talk about is what do I think about Misha Collins coming into this? Oh, I love it. I think Misha Collins is great. Now, obviously, I, I'm a little, I, uh, my my glasses are tinted a little bit rose in this just because I love Supernatural so much and I love the character Castiel. Quite frankly, I don't know if Misha Collins is a good actor outside of that. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. I love him in Supernatural, but I haven't he seen him. He was on Nip Tuck. Was he on Nip Tuck? He was on Nip Tuck. You know he who was else a yoga was on? guy who could what, you suck on his own penis. <laughs> I was on Nip Tuck, but unfortunately, I was not a woman who could go down on myself. Wow. Um, uh, that's really great for his character. No, I was on Nip Tuck as uh, an IRS auditor. That, okay. Uh, I was just going to see if you played, if you happened to play with No, Misha but I, I, one of my favorite lines that I've ever said was on Nip Tuck, where I bend over the desk after a post-coitus with Julie McMahon's character. And I say to him, when he refuses to pay his IRS bill... I will bend you over your desk and turn you into my sloppy bottom until I get every last cent. Julie <laughs> McMahon on that show was my hero. If I had a nickel for every time I've been told that, I mean, uh, gotta pay go. bills, gotta pay way, Netflix bills. That delivery, can you say that one more time? No, let's not. Anyway, <laughs> but Off I have not Rob. seen. I have not seen. I've not seen him on anything else. I, I didn't. I don't remember him from Nip Tuck, so I've never seen him on anything else. So I don't know about that. The second thing about this is, what do we think about the show? I don't know. Another Batman show without Batman. Tried. It's it's been tried, and it like they tried it with Gotham, right? And it was they. Even though the show was working pretty good as what it was meant to be, they decided, oh, none of people are watching. We got to get Batman into it. So let's start let's start showing this young Bruce Wayne kid turning into Batman. And all of a sudden they start bringing in every Batman villain and everything. So I got to admit, I have my reservations about the show concept in general. But I love Misha Collins as being attached to it. I don't know, Rob, you hear about this. Do you have any interest in this show? What do you think about Castiel joining the crew? What do you think? You know, I whenever you do anything that 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 has the word Gotham in it, the first thing you think about is Batman. And if you're going to make a show about Gotham that Batman isn't in, the next thing you think about is, huh, I wonder why they're making a show about Gotham that Batman isn't in. And if they are going to make this show, how long before they reference Batman and talk about Bruce Wayne or talk around Bruce Wayne or now that Bruce Wayne's dead, he's probably really not dead, I'll bet. But if he is... It's I, I just don't quite understand. It would be like making an, a, a, a Battlestar Galactica IP without the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, it was you called know. Caprica. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And yeah. how did that work out? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the whole thing. You can't. I, they always want to do these kinds of spinoffs. And unless unless a character like, look, they did Frasier, which was a sheer spinoff. Well, that worked. Mm -hmm. You know, that. Because Frazier was Frazier Crane was an, an intrinsic part of Cheers. So you could follow like, OK, I get it. But Gotham and Batman, everybody else is secondary. So when you make a show of characters that are secondary, Batman loom, looms so large. However, that said, it could work. I mean, it, I mean yeah, it's could. kind of interesting. Look, I don't mind the idea of a spinoff. 
Like, you want to do a Nightwing show. Yeah, okay, then it's Nightwing. It's Nightwing show. You want to do a Catwoman show. Okay, make a Catwoman show. Gotham. Well, everybody's thinking Batman at that point. And, and to me, at that point, it doesn't even feel like a spinoff. Gotham itself, the Fox show, didn't feel like a spinoff. It felt like it was trying to be a Batman world show without Batman. And that's right. when you start getting into trouble, I think. Chris, mm-hmm. you hear about this. Number one, what do you think about the notion of the show in and of itself? Mm-hmm. And then number two, what do you think about the addition of Misha Collins? Oh, man. CW, I wish I could quit you. I really do. Because <laughs> they keep... Pulling me back in. Um, I mean, I'm kind of with you guys. This doesn't sound super great, given some of the other CW properties that I have continued to watch. Um, there's potential here, though. If we've got Jason Todd rallying up these folks, we get some. I don't really, think it'll be Jason Todd. I you don't think, think it'll it'll be, it would be. Well, 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 since they say adopted son, his did they say adopted? They son? They said adopted son. That's why I don't think it's Damien. Oh, if it said adopted son, let me double check that again. Because if it's Jason, then I'm I more thought maybe it said is rebellious. You're right, adopted, adopted son. son. So it's mm-hmm. not Damien. No, see, I, I missed that word adopted because I was thinking maybe it'd be Damien. So yeah, it's either. Well, I mean, let's face it. It's either going to be uh, Dick. Or could, could be Jason. Be could be Tim, though. Yeah. Right? Tim has but some by the issues. way, they're also saying Carrie Kelly is oh, going to be in this show as well. Okay. Who, of course, was a character, was the Robin character in The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. uh, the comic series, which, I mean, so this breaks that canon. But, I mean, so there's interest there, but I so, don't think Carrie's going to be the adopted think, son. So no. it's going to either be, I'm, I'm betting you're right. It's either Jason, Jason or Tim, but probably Jason. Jason being with like the underworld of Gotham makes more sense to me, right? Right. So there's some potential here for some cool storylines. Um, the bit about Misha Collins, though, does get me very excited. I love Misha Collins. I think he's such a great actor. He's such a delight. I just want them to give me little supernatural Easter eggs, though. I want him to say things like, I'll interrogate the cat, or that he found a liquor store and drank it. <laughs> like, I, I just want those little juicy nuggets in there. Um, and I'm just so happy to have him back on television, because what a wonderful, wonderful actor, and what a wonderful person. He's just so great with his fans. Uh, he is, He's and he's wonderful on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Aaron... Would you have, I'm going to go on a limb here and guess Tom is going to have an interest in this show to a degree, Uh, but would you have any interest in this show and what do you think about Misha Collins? Would you say that Tom is going to have an interest in this show because of what I told you before we... No, actually, I just realized that. I meant... No, that's okay. I'll I'll go ahead and say it. Okay, you can tell. I meant because he likes the comic book stuff, but So when you said, so uh, before the show, I asked John, were there any off the tops? And he told me about this and I said, oh my gosh, Tom auditioned for that role. So I actually (laughs) know a little bit about the character. I obviously won't be saying anything. Tom auditioned for the role and you know what? Um, As an actor, you're not going to book 99% of the jobs that you auditioned for. But when you see that the role goes to someone really awesome who does it beautifully well, such as when I auditioned for Cersei Lannister and I go, uh, yeah, you guys cast the right person. I will happily <laughs> give that role over to her because she killed it. You know, I think that this is one of those cases where, you know, Misha Collins not only is a seasoned actor who has been working for many, many years on many series, but also is really talented. And let's face it, when you showed that graphic he looks like harvey dent in he, he looks like the does. comic book version and so i go okay already i'm buying it so that's number one but also number two you know we i, I keep hearing a little bit of chatter about gotham not working gotham not really the show lasted for five seasons and four of those seasons were 22 episodes on network television that is by all definitions 
a massive hit. Do you know how many network television shows I've done that have not lasted more than one season? I've done four of them. A friend of mine who I won't name has done 18 pilots that never even went to air. So it's like for a show to A, get made into a pilot, for that pilot to get picked up to series, for it then to get the back nine for the first season, for it then to get four 22-episode seasons and a fifth finale season of 12 episodes, that is, by all Hollywood standards, a hit. And I do think when we're talking about characters of the Gotham world, let's not forget, the main character outside of Batman is Gotham itself. Nobody else matters That's as true. much in the world of that. Gotham yeah. as much as the city of Gotham itself. And it's the perfect scenario for like making a city really gritty and dirty. You can tell any story, but you're not having to talk about it like it's New York without the New York is getting all, you know, sorry. You know, you don't have to worry about upsetting anyone by saying, oh, New York is such a piece of shit. And you're like, Gotham has turned into this hell pit. And nobody's going to get offended because let's face it, nobody's from Gotham. So relax, people. So I do, I like the idea of being able to explore Gotham in different ways without necessarily having Batman a part of it because Gotham itself is the city we keep going back to. And I do think, just like what Chris said, there's a lot of people that just love CW. I loved working with for CW. Everybody that I know that has worked with CW has had a really good experience. And, um, and there's a reason why Misha Collins worked for the CW for so long with Supernatural and is going back. And so I say, you know what? Let's give it a chance. I'm going to watch this show. I'm interested. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? I guess there's really two things for you to give your opinion on. Number one, what do you think about the idea of the show in general? And what do you think about Misha Collins, Castiel from Supernatural, joining it? I'm actually very big on that. Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by ninjas so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely in enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Masterclass for sponsoring this episode of the John Campius Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the John Campius Show? Well, it's really easy. See, you guys 
come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big story, issue, or topic that you guys feel we need to cover as a main story on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? This first one comes from Mr. Mister. Hey, John and team. Hope everyone's feeling great today. We are. Tom Hiddleston's Marvel voice actor, Peter Lonsky, has revealed in a TikTok that he is currently working on a Marvel film, though he cannot reveal what it is. I think it's pretty clear that this means Tom Hiddleston will join an MCU movie soon. But the question is, which one? What are your guys' thoughts on this? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. Now, of course, we've we've had some stories about things like this a couple over the past number of months, where here's what happens. When a Marvel movie gets released in, say, Portugal, right, they have to get voice actors to come in and do the Portuguese voices for the characters. We There was at DC Fandom, the first DC Fandom, not the Waste of Time second one, but the first one, which was great, they did this great special on it where they looked at the voices of Batman from around the yeah, world. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. It was yeah. Honestly, it was one of the best things that DC Fandom did that year in a really great DC Fandom. And it was wonderful. Now, generally what happens is, is that these voice actors will now, you know, they'll do, like this one guy will do the voice of Spider-Man for every Portuguese Spider-Man film that comes out, or at least for a particular actor that plays him. And so what we have found out here is that the guy who does the voice for Loki in his country has just revealed, and I'm guessing he probably wasn't supposed to, yeah. that he is currently doing some Loki work. This comes <laughs> from the folks over at the director, right? The following German voice actor, Peter Lonsick, who dubs the German voice for Tom Hiddleston's Loki in the MCU, teased that Loki may be close to returning to the big screen in the near future. Uh, Lonsick shared a TikTok video that he's currently working on a new Marvel film that he can't say anything about. There is a new Marvel film that I am currently working on that I am not allowed to talk about. Lonsick has been Hiddleston's German voice actor since Loki's MCU debut in 2011's Thor all the way through to last year's Loki solo series. All right. You don't have to be freaking Sherlock Holmes to put a couple of things together here. There are two Marvel movies that are fairly imminent. We have Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and we've got Thor, Love and Thunder. That's it. I mean, and this would be the point, because with the movies finished, they can now send them to these things. They, the different countries can now get their voice actors in to do the stuff. This would be the time that they would be doing it for either of these two films. So did this guy just reveal that Loki is either going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or in Thor, Love and Thunder? Maybe. I don't think this is as lock solid as everybody thinks. Because while he is a voice actor who does fill in for Tom Hiddleston's Loki, there's nothing saying that's the only voice acting this guy does. Like I know, Chris, you've probably worked 
on shows doing the voice of one character and another character yep. in the same show and maybe even a third. Mm -hmm. What's the most you've ever done in one show? Most voices you've ever done for one show? So typically under SAG guidelines, you do three voices. Otherwise, after your third, they have to pay you additional money for more voices. Ooh. So when I was doing non-union anime, I'd be like 17 characters and a bunch of dogs and cats. I played a lot of cats. <laughs> um, but when you're doing something like a Marvel project, something that is union, three characters pretty much is where you typically top out just for financial reasons. So theoretically, speaking he could be anyone he could be doing multiple voices and it doesn't automatically mean that he's doing the voice of loki having said that it's probably loki <laughs> i mean it's probably loki we don't know that for sure so then that raises the question all right if he's going to be loki if loki is popping up in either doctor strange or thor love and thunder which one does he pop up in the traditional logic would probably say Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness because there was a lot of multi-dimensional alternate reality, you know, splinters of reality, multiverse stuff that was in the Loki series. Then there is the brother aspect. He came in in Thor. He is forever attached to Thor. It would make more sense that he's coming in in Thor. I'm going to say I think it's going to be Thor. I actually don't think it's going to be Multiverse of Madness. I think the kind of multiverse stuff they're talking about in Doctor Strange is not the same kind of multiverse stuff they talk about in Loki. Mm. And when you look at the season finale of Loki, where Loki ends up, there is not a natural segue for him to be in Doctor Strange. And right now it just feels like there's already so much in Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. It just feels like it might be overkill at this point to also try to shoehorn in a Loki. However, having him pop up in a Thor film seems a lot more rational to me. Listen, I'm not saying it ain't possible that he's going to be in Doctor Strange. I mean, yeah, it very well could be Doctor Strange. But we'll see. Chris, you hear about this. Number one, do you believe we're about to see Loki in either Doctor Strange or Thor, or maybe both? And if so, which one or both do you think he's going to pop up in? If he's here, I feel like it's going to be a post-credit Thor. Oh, I don't okay. think he's even going to be in the main entree. You know, I think it's going to be because of how Loki ended. Right? Because it doesn't make sense from where he is in the series to just pop up in Love and Thunder and be like, hello, brother, let's do all this stuff now. I've got to catch you up on all these things and all these multiple timelines. I think he'll just kind of have that little pop-up moment like we've seen in so many other Marvel films before. Um, man, I really hope this guy doesn't get fired. That's, that's my big <laughs> takeaway from this. Is, yeah. You know, so many of the what-if voice actors, they couldn't even say they were part of the project till their episodes aired. So... That's, ooh, that just makes me a little nervous for him. When's the last time you saw the first Harry Potter movie? Last Christmas. Okay, because I just watched it again recently because Anne's been watching them again. Mm -hmm. And there's this several scenes with, what's the name of the giant again? Um, Hagrid? Hadric. Or, or, what's his well, name? Half, the half giant? Yeah. Hagrid? Hagrid, thank yeah. you. So there's several scenes in the original movie where Hagrid's like, only me and Professor Dumbledore know about... The thing that's down in the basement? Oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? I mean, it's kind of like, what's this guy? Oh, he goes, Marvel tells him, okay, don't tell anybody about this project. No problem. What are you doing? Well, I'm working on a Marvel project, but I can't tell you what it is. That's like saying, oh, yeah, my best friend, your husband, is cheating on you with another woman, but I can't tell you which woman. It's it's not like, no, you shouldn't have done that. It's I when, think he might be in trouble for this. There's usually so many NDAs for this, because, I mean, just doing Netflix dubs... You sign an NDA before your audition. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm really? not going to tell anyone about this, which is super fun when your parents are like, how's work going? And you're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's Andrew Garfield denying that yeah, you're in just, Spider-Man No Way Home. I've done parent nothing. Clause. There should there be. should be a parent clause. Mom Other than mom. On yeah. Mom's allowed to know. Rob, what about you? You hear about this? Number one, do you think? Do you actually think we're going to see Loki in one of these two projects? And if so, which one makes more sense to you? Well, considering Tom Hilston has been in the previous three Thor movies. <laughs> uh, I would assume, and the movie is called Love and Thunder, and there's familial love, there's romantic love, Aww. and come on, I think with Tom Hiddleston, we have both, don't we? Uh, I think absolutely he's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, I don't know how they're going to work it in, and plus, Thor thinks that Loki's dead. Again. Yeah, well, again, I think but, for the fourth time. But yes. I mean, <laughs> Thor watched Thanos crush the life out of his own brother right in front of him, so I think that there, it would be fairly emotional for Thor to see Loki. I mean, even though he's from the past, you know, it still is his brother. It's not a variant of Loki. It's just from a different time. So I think that uh, definitely it's going to be Love and Thunder. And it would make sense because Multiverse of Madness, for the most part, I would imagine, is pretty finished. I can't imagine them dubbing it. I mean, maybe they are. but But, I mean, remember, John, we're only... We're less than six weeks out, and and part of the process of making movies is to dub them into all the different countries that require dubbing, and so they need the time, and they don't they don't work on these things when they don't have to up until the last minute. So I would I I think it's a pretty good bet. It's Thor: Love and Thunder. Aaron, what do you think? Number one, do you think we're going to see him in one of these things? And if so, which one or both? What do you think? I think we're going to see him in both. You, you guys have, both. I think you, you guys have already made great arguments for why we're going to see him in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. And the argument for why we're going to see him in Doctor Strange is because uh, in the July 14th, 2021 article on the Holly, in The Hollywood Reporter, it says, um, without getting into spoilers, the Loki finale set the stage for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hiddleston's Loki character is also expected to appear in the next Doctor Strange. Marvel has yet to confirm whether or not that's happening. But um, according to The Hollywood Reporter from, you know, back in July, apparently that's there. And yeah, then, those reports have been around. Yeah, so, I mean, there's been rumblings, and I think, you know, when there's... Where there's thunder, there's going to be rain. So um, I feel like that, I, I feel like we're going to see him in both. And why not? Loki, especially um, after his smash hit of a series, has become even more beloved with fans. I mean, I was kind of meh on Loki before. And after seeing really? the, I mean, I was just like, <laughs> Cool. I like lanky dudes with long hair, though. So, <laughs> I mean, See, normally I do too. Yeah. And then I met Tom, and I was like, I like Thor. Um, I used to be a little. For those girl who don't know, yeah, Aaron's husband Tom is much closer to the Thor side like, of the scale. That's very than much Loki's the dynamic Logan and Tom. And, yeah, have. Yeah. <laughs> and Logan, uh, yeah, Logan and Tom could, could actually and go Thor. and do cosplay. Yeah, I want to see that show. I want to see the Logan and I Tom totally show. The Logan totally, and Tom yeah. cosplaying yeah. Loki and Thor show. Yeah, so that's the thing is I, I, I was like, whatever, you know, cool. He serves his purpose, but I never saw him. I saw him as just a byproduct of Thor. I never saw him as a standalone character telling his own story. And they did such a beautiful job with that in the streaming series that now I feel like as a fan of Loki, I want to see him pop up in more places. And even if it is, and the wonderful way that Marvel has, um, you know, we, we see... Um, excuse me, what is um, what is a uh, green guy? Um, Loki? Hulk? No, Hulk. What is Hulk? Hulk. Bruce, uh, Dr. Banner. Yeah, when we see, I'm getting there. 
uh, <laughs> when we see Bruce Banner popping up every once in a while for these quick five minute blurbs, we are now accustomed to seeing a character pop in and then pop out one day of shooting and then they go back to their lives. And so even if we just see him for a glimpse, we've now been conditioned to be okay with that. We don't need Loki to have his own storyline to still be like, oh, cool, cool, we got to see him. We've now been conditioned to be okay with him just doing a scene here or there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pops into both. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Did this voice actor just let slip that, yes, indeed, Loki's popping up? And if so, which one of the two movies, or do you think it's going to be both, we're going to see Loki? And whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down... Let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from James A. Recently, the MPAA rated the new Marilyn Monroe biopic starring Anna de Armas, Blonde, an NC-17 rating. And generally, this rating is considered the kiss of death to films. And when they release in theaters, little to no money is made. But considering Netflix are the ones distributing this film, one can only question whether or not they will push for a change to an R rating or leave the film at NC-17 and just release it to, onto their streaming service. Thoughts? All right. Thanks a lot for sending this in. And yeah, so Anna de Armas, who's one of the, 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 the hottest careers right now in Hollywood, she's just skyrocketed in popularity, even getting some studios sued for putting her, putting her in a trailer that doesn't actually end up being in a movie. But that's an issue for another time. We've known for some time that she's starring in this Marilyn Monroe biopic, which Jamie Lee Curtis saw. Because I know some people thought, like, we love Anna Darmus. Can she be Marilyn Monroe? Well, Jamie Curtis saw it. And she, Jamie Lee Curtis saw it. And she said, oh, my effing God, she is so Marilyn Monroe, which is kind of cool to hear. Now, of course, a lot of people raised their eyebrows when they heard that it got an NC-17 rating. Now, that was a rumor for, for quite a while. However, it was confirmed by the director. This comes us from the folks at IndieWire, right? The following. It's an NC-17 movie about Marilyn Monroe. It's kind of what you want, right? I want to go see the NC-17 version of a Marilyn Monroe story, Andrew Dominic said. He's the director. Additionally, Dominic noted that streaming giant Netflix insisted on hiring tenant editor Jennifer Lame to curb the excess of the movie, which has delayed its release. Regardless, Dominic noted that he has nothing but gratitude for Netflix overall. All right. There's a couple of really interesting things that come out in that comment. Number one, yes, he made it NC-17. But number two, it may not be NC-17 by the time we see it. Because when he says that the, the version they played on some of the festival circuit, Netflix has insisted to bring in an editor to, to cut out the what they call the excess. Now, excess could mean a couple of different things. It might just mean this movie is too long for what it is. We need to pare it down a bit. Or it could mean the excess of the stuff that moves it from an R-rated thing into an NC-17 rated thing. Now, it should also be pointed out that an NC-17 does not automatically mean porn. It could get an NC-17 for other things as well. For example, it's talked about in this article on IndieWire that there are some very disturbing scenes in this movie, including scenes of Marilyn being played by Anna, being raped by a studio executive and, and stuff like that, some really, really harsh stuff. So it may not just be the tantalizing idea of things that might be NC-17. Although, admittedly, when you read the, the director's comment says, it's an NC-17 movie of Marilyn Monroe. It's kind of what you want, right? I mean, so, so maybe he yeah. is... 
hinting there is a bit of that tantalizing stuff in there as well. Maybe he's suggesting that. Or he might be being facetious and a little bit sarcastic in saying that. I didn't. He, I only read the comment. I didn't hear the tone of his comment. So it might have been actually quite sarcastic the way he said it. I'm not, not so sure. So it may have gotten the NC-17 rating for... Yeah, a lot of explicit stuff. They may have felt like certain scenes needed that actual authentic sensuality to make a scene work, and maybe that's it. Or maybe got NC-17 for some really disturbing things because he wants to remind us that the life of Norma Jean was not all, you know, it could photographers be and glory. Drug use, too, like and, uh, a requiem yeah, for a dream absolutely. situation. Yeah, exactly, something like that. So we don't know. But it's probably, it sounds like whatever that version was that Jamie Lee Curtis saw, Probably not the final product we're going to see because it sounds like Netflix wants to shave it down a bit. By the way, should also be pointed out, there really is no rating for Netflix movies. The MPAA gives ratings for movies that are going to play in theaters. So ultimately, whatever cut Netflix comes up with, it's probably not going to have an NC- or, or a, uh, an MPA rating on it anyway, regardless. But it's probably not going to be that extreme version that a Jamie Lee Curtis saw. That's my thought at any rate. Rob, you're hearing these these comments coming. I mean, for sure, if this was going to be a theatrical release film, you cannot have an NC-17. You're, the thing's going to tank. The, most theaters won't even play it, blah, blah, blah. That would be a death stroke. It doesn't really matter for Netflix. What about this story to you stood out the most the more you, you listen to? What stands out to you? Well, you know, the, here's the thing. I, I, I think that the content of a film should best serve the story that's being told. And I think that you run the risk you know, we're celebrating, some people are, the 30th anniversary of Basic Instinct. Mm. I know that I am. And, I celebrate um, it. Uh, but, but I think in the story... That's a great question, Chris. What do you do, Rob? How does one celebrate a movie like Basic Instinct, Rob? By you getting the hot toys. Again. You oh, watch by it in 4K. By getting the hot um, toys. Uh, but, but no... Now I'm off my game. No, but but I but I think that look, like you said, John, Marilyn Monroe had a, a fascinating and also tragic life, and she was, you know, she was perhaps the ultimate fantasy actress that ever existed. She was all things to all people. Men certainly, she represented something that was probably unattainable that she herself knew, which is why she had such a tragic life, really. Um, so it's, it's not an easy story to tell. And I think that, you know, we, we become a little infantilized in our culture here. And, and I think that Andrew Dominic is a very talented director and he probably really delved into these things. It didn't flinch showed us. I mean, I would hope, I would hope that it's not some lascivious thing, the way he talked, it could be, I hope it's not just that. Um, so it's a cautionary tale. I would, I would imagine. Is it necessary? I don't know. Why they feel the need to edit a film like this to take out something, I don't know that either. That's concerning to me. But that's basically what every studio does, though. It's true, but if if again they knew what movie was making, and if it's NC seventeen, she had to sign up for whatever it was that they did, and if she threw herself into a role and it got an NC seventeen rating, that's a fearless thing for an actress to do. So I I would hope that. You know that great work was not sacrificed for. And again, having never seen it, I don't know. But look, at the end of the day, if if this is a great portrayal of what happened to Marilyn Monroe and her legend, and celebrating her talent as well, because she was an incredibly gifted actress. A lot of people forget that mm-hmm. she wasn't just a blonde bombshell. She was a great performer. She first time I saw her in a movie was in um, 
in uh, All About Eve, oh, where she plays a so bit role. In that. And, I, it, and she's it's one of my favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite screenplays. But look, I'm just looking forward to the movie. I can't wait. Aaron, uh, you were hearing this story. There's a lot packed in there. NC-17, Netflix is going to edit it, the, 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 the source material, stuff like that. Anyway, you hear about this. What stands out to you? Okay. Um, I'm going to try to keep it together because this like this. My mom and I were driving the car and she was reading the topics. And as soon as she read the director's quote, like, yeah, it makes me physically ill because, you know, if you were watching Pam and Tommy, which I already said, I, I just couldn't watch. I, I tried to watch it, but it was so horrible to watch the retelling with a different lens. I think we know a lot more now um, about, you know, what people have experienced in Hollywood and the version that's told to the public versus what's going on behind the scenes. And right, it cannot be overstated how tragic Marilyn Monroe's life was and that despite the fact that she studied at the actor's studio under Stanislavski and that she desperately wanted to be seen as a serious actress and the things that she had to do um and and you know one can make the argument of well she chose to do those things right but what about the studio heads that wouldn't allow her talent to show through unless she did those things you know it's like there's no blame for that and it's just so insanely um, for him to say, this is what we want to see. It really does lend itself to the imagination of that is it, that it is lascivious. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. If it weren't for that quote, and here's the, I, I really think that Andrew Dominic is an incredibly talented director. If you haven't seen Chopper, oh my God, it is one of the best movies ever. And it is insanely graphic. It is such a brilliantly directed film. And it's really hard to watch from a standpoint of violence. Yeah. Um, and so if if this were depicting the challenges that she went through with her drug use, with her trauma of being raped, with and, and also I don't think that we need to I don't want to see a woman being raped. I don't I don't want to see that. Just like I don't want to see a child being beaten. I can understand that that is what happened or that is what is happening without you showing it to me. I just don't need to see that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are some people that are like, no, I really need to see that child being beaten to understand how traumatizing that would be for that child. I don't personally need to see that to understand that trauma. So um, I don't know. This already is really upsetting to me. Um, and I feel like Marilyn Monroe's life was she was so victimized when she was alive, I just want to see her portrayed. And I don't need to see an actress's tits and I don't need to see her naked. I can go to, you know, Pornhub if I want to see tits and ass. I just want to see the portrayal of a woman who was so tragically misunderstood and so tragically abused by a by an, a system that while it pulled her up, it also crushed her in so many disgusting ways. Um, I want to see that story, and I don't need to see her splayed open, it, uh, you know, in so many ways, metaphorically and physically, in order to understand that. So this, this, yeah, I, I really hope that he walks back that quote and explains what he meant, and hopefully it means something else, because the way that he said it, especially from the director, it really, it doesn't sell me on it, really doesn't make me want to see it. Well, again, I, I, again, I didn't hear him say it. 
<clears throat> but when you read the rest of the article and you're hearing about how it's important to understand that the monsters that surrounded her and the way the childhood trauma she faced, blah, blah, I have a feeling, although I cannot say this definitively, when I, the way I read it, it sounded like he was saying that sarcastically. I mean, but that I might be wrong about that, but from everything I understand about the movie, that's what it sounds like. And I don't know, like sometimes, let me give you an example. What was that one Peter Jackson movie he did um, with where the little girl got murdered heavenly creatures no they no, no. Killed the little mother. girl got murdered and then oh, the story the lovely, lovely bones lovely bones, lovely bones. thank you yeah. <clears throat> where stanley tucci murders the little girl right i remember when i saw that movie one of my comments coming out of it was i almost feel like and hear me out completely before you you jump to any conclusions about what it is i'm saying i remember after i watched that movie i felt like we never got to see stanley tucci being the monster they just told us he's the monster, right? And I said later on, I almost feel like I would have been more emotionally invested in stop this asshole if if they had let me experience as the audience member a bit of that terror, a bit of that horror, a bit of that to see him being the monster bit. I, it might have gotten me emotionally. It might have changed the experience for me a little bit more because for the rest of the, the lovely bones for the rest of it, I just kind of it felt a little bit muted to me in that sense. Uh, again, you know, how much that resonates with other people who watch the movie. What about Hannibal Lecter? I'm not sure what you mean. We never see Hannibal Lecter actually attacking anyone. We never see him actually doing... Well, we actually saw him cut open Ray Liotta's head and carve out pieces of his brain and eat it. I mean, so... In the third movie. Well, yeah, in the, in the, in the third movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, no, no, listen, I'm not, I'm not making an argument here about yeah. what other people should think. I'm simply telling you what my experience mm -hmm. watching the movie was, was I, I, I feel like if I had got to, as an audience member, experience a bit of him being that monster, I might have been able to emotionally invest myself a little bit more. But then no, again... I, I, I think your point's well taken, though, because if you can't... The question is the depiction of, of horror and what people do to one another, how far do you go? Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. like what you said, like I, I, there is not that moment where, which in a way could be even more chilling that you don't see something like exactly. that happen. We're also it talking about a real person. That's the difference though. And, We're talking about a real person mm -hmm. who actually existed, who has a legacy that is, you know, so. But I mean, but no, but I mean, I think that, that depending on how it's depicted, and what happened to somebody, I think to sometimes it depends what the point of the movie is. And that's saying we are talking about a movie you haven't even seen. Yet, yeah. So and, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I, I, you know, the, the, like I, the accused, I, I have a real hard time watching sexual violence yeah, against yeah, women. Yeah. And I've never been able to watch Gaspar Noe's uh, Irreversible. There's a 10 minute rape scene in that movie. I cannot watch. Is that the one with Monica Belushi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I cannot watch it. I, 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 I've the movie, the rest of the movie is, it, it's a beautifully made film, but I can't watch that scene and I, I just can't and I can't and, and the accused is borderline for me. I have a hard time with that as well, but you couldn't make the accused without having that scene in it. You know, you have to have to show the horror of what goes on to understand. And it depends how the depiction is handled. And I think the rest of the movie, uh, is going to play a part in that. And like you said, we can't see it, but what is the responsibility of a filmmaker mm -hmm. to art? What is the responsibility of an actress to play a part? I think there's a lot that comes into play. And by all accounts, this movie is supposed to be quite good. I've read That's things what we're about hearing. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, but if it is good and if it delves into a lot of different things, 
maybe these depictions are necessary and maybe it works for the betterment of the movie itself. Well, and that's the fine line this film is going to have to walk, right? Yeah. When is something too exploitative about a person who was exploited their entire life? Mm -hmm. When do we cross mm -hmm. that line as artists, as viewers who then are part of this voyeuristic look into we're what happened? Exactly. Exactly. And everyone was part of her downfall when you really think about it. the studios, the people around her, everyone was involved. Um, when John brought up the, the lovely bones thing and, and being more aware of some of the cruelty that happened, the first thing that came into my mind was the rape of Sansa Stark. And, and mm, I'm, I'm very sorry right. for anyone listening to if this is a very triggering topic for you. I really hope you're okay. Yeah. Um, and if you need to take a break, you got to take a break. But that scene, we didn't see any of that, right? But we knew what was happening. We heard Sansa scream like, no. We knew what was occurring. Horrific. And, mm -hmm. and that shook me in the same way when you go into the theater of your own mind and you decide what's happening it's often more horrendous so that's something that i think is just the line we've got to walk here and i'm very much with aaron on this too the the quote as it is just feels very wrong and i'm hoping that this is not the exploitative nature of this and i'm really hoping chat too like yeah nc-17 doesn't just mean tits and ass and donger in here mm -hmm. you guys it's it could mean some really graphic drug use, it could be some really disturbing images. It's a woman who ended up taking her own life, you know, so. Allegedly. And, Allegedly. Right, and that could be part of it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of a depiction, it's hardcore, man, yeah. when you. Yeah, and again, at the end of the day, it's not about policing art, it's about recognizing that this is a real person we're talking about. Yeah. It's a real person. It's not a fictional character. Yeah. She's not. She's a real person. No All right, guys. Name. Question is for you. What do you make of this story when you're reading through it? The NC-17, the Netflix wants to edit some of it down, all that kind of stuff. What part of the story stands out to you? Where does the line get drawn between artistic expression versus the human experience? How much should a director try to impact the experience of the audience? And to which way should they do it or not do it? How do you guys feel about that? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This one is from Geeks R Us. Greetings, everyone. It's been nearly three years since Stranger Things season three came out, and even though I love the show, I've almost forgotten about it. I saw that they released some promo images from season four today, and while they look good, really good, I'm just not feeling a lot of excitement for it right now from myself or other people. Was the three-year wait too long? I mean, it has been seven years since the show started. Oh. So are we all just over it? Or do you think it's as popular as ever? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Geeks or Us. And, uh, of course, I hear there might be an NC-17 cut they're working on for this. <laughs> How come this isn't topic number four? The OCD in me is really... You're right. Netflix, I mean, uh, you Stranger know. Things season four should have been topic number four. So, okay, look. You're right. It is crazy to think about it because I didn't even really... I knew it's been a while, but until they wrote that in, it's in July. Will it be in July? Yeah, in July, it will have been three years since Stranger Things Season 3 debuted. That's crazy. Three years. And I got a little sense. We're going to look at some pictures here in a second, but I got a little bit sense of that because, man, these kids don't look the same anymore. He's been stuck in an Alaskan gulag for, for how long? That long. <laughs> or a rough, it, Siberian it has, gulag, not an Alaskan and, gulag. That it has been Budget seven years. Now. <laughs> seven years since this show started. Like, I, I still look back and I remember 
uh, who plays the mom again from uh, every I remember Renona Ryder like getting an SNL hosting gig because of the big pop hit, you know, Stranger Things. It kind of came out of nowhere, caught everybody's imagination, all that kind of things. But three years. So there are two things to talk about here. Number one, they just released some brand. I got in my email this morning. Netflix has sent out a brand new batch of brand new images uh, to give us a look. And we'll take a look at those in a second. But I want to address this other thing here first that they bring up. I hadn't really thought about it. But once Geeks Rush wrote that in, I thought, you know what? He's right. But going into Stranger Things Season 3, I remember there being a lot of excitement in the pop culture world. Like, everybody was buzzing about it. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was excited for the new season to start. Now, as in all Netflix film or shows, they dropped the entire season at once, so everybody raved about it for a week, and then nobody talked about it again. But it's been three years, and I realized after reading that message from Geeks Russ is that yeah, he's right. I don't sense the same kind of excitement or buzz or hype coming from people about Netflix season four. I don't think that has anything to do with the quality of the show. I think that has more to do with the fact that it's been three years. Mm-hmm. And granted, there was a big global pandemic, which I'm sure we would have gotten the show earlier had it not been for that. But it has been three years. Well, three years or not, there are some new first images coming in. And boy, these kids just don't look the same anymore. I mean, you, you still can, you recognize them. You recognize, you know who they are, but it's like, oh my God, they do That's look so different. Better. So let's go through and take a look at some of these. First of all, you can't have a Stranger Things season without having a good Dungeons and Dragons game going on. I love seeing the classic Dungeon Master screen in there. That's very cool to see. Uh, then we get more sets. It, it really has more of a horror field. Man, Wolf, Wolf Hard looks, man, that kid's getting older. <laughs> I mean, especially saw that in Ghostbusters. Again, all these images are actually really dark. And this kid, what's the kid's, the main, the kid's, uh, the, um, the Dustin. Brown. Oh, what, Go- Dustin. Dustin. Dustin is definitely looking older. He is definitely starting to look older. There's an unknown character. By the way, Robert Englund is supposed to be in this season. <gasps> unknown character? That's Hop. What? Is that, is that David Harbour? That looks like it. I I didn't think you know what now that you say it you're probably you're right that yeah. is David Harbor yeah I didn't think it was David that Harbor for a second oh that's definitely him I didn't sure. think that was him um then again then we got some more of those delicious uh, hairstyles that outfits. nobody can get enough of <laughs> uh then some more characters Retur- again all these characters returning from season three really Bobby a classic Brown with like the yeah, locks a classic Dustin pose uh and again. More Billy Bobby Brown. And I, no, not many people know this. When you're a kid, you, know, you keep the same haircut for seven years. I don't know if you knew that. Because <laughs> all these characters have to keep the exact same haircuts for the way they are. All the right. 80s, man. <laughs> Chris, let me go over to you first. Mm-hmm. Number one, what do you think about the images that we're seeing for season four? But then let me ask you, where's your anticipation level like for season four as, say, compared to some of the previous seasons? And what is your sense coming from the general fan community about their excitement or lack thereof for it? You know, when when Logan and I went to buy our car, because we did buy a car, everyone. <laughs> Goodness. Um, there was a Stranger Things pop-up in Glendale, and both of us were like, why the hell is there a Stranger Things pop-up? What's this about? And then it was, oh, yeah, the new season's coming out. We've totally forgotten about it. I loved this show. And my old desk at my old YouTube job, we had uh, a whole bunch of Stranger Things Funkos and stuff, too. It, the images look great, but three years, 
Three years is a long time, especially in Netflix years. That is the dog years of media. <laughs> it's, it's basically been 21 years since this show has had any footage. All the kids can drink now. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm hoping it's great. I really, really am because I loved the first three seasons. And I'm a big Steve stan. I want him to find love. I just, I, and I don't know any friends of mine really who were really into it before who were so psyched about this. It's kind of been a, oh, yeah. Okay. Rob, you like, know, where, where are you on this? And and what's your sense about people's excitement for it, lack thereof, and how do you explain it? Well, I really liked the first season of Stranger Things. I mean, it was such a throwback to 80s Stephen King, which I loved. Even the font, that's the Stephen King book font. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved it. But I think the way they left the end of season three, it kind of felt like an ending. Yeah, Half the people left town, and there was no other than David Harbour in that gulag. Right, there was really an open threat. Uh, yeah. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Yeah, alleged, <laughs> allegedly. I mean, I, you know, I didn't feel like Yogg Slugoth or whatever the giant Cthulhu-like demons that live in the Upside Down. I didn't feel like we're particularly threatened by them. It seemed like literally the door was shut. I mean, I know the Russians are going to open it again, but it, it didn't. There was no urgency. It, it didn't leave me with a sense of, oh, my God, I have to know what happens now. So I think that's part of it. I mean, if you haven't grabbed the pop culture imagination and squeezed hard. There's so much content, so much good programming that's coming out now. I mean, dude, I'm all about the Gilded Age. Who would have thought? And so when they tell me that Stranger Things is war is coming back, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch that. It was fine, cool. But to me, Stranger Things was about my life seven years ago, not my life now. What do you think, Aaron? You see this, uh, you're, you're, you're seeing the images, number one. Where's your anticipation level? Like, did you even ever get into Stranger Things? Did you and Tom even get into the show? Excuse me, did you not get our holiday card for 2016? Yeah. Oh, that's, yes, I remember that now, so, yes. <laughs> so every year, Tom and I choose a new streaming show to base our holiday card off, um, to, to base on our holiday card. Obviously, 2020 was Shit's Creek. Um, and so, and our, for our first one was 2016 it was based on stranger things and we also went to the drive-in experience did you guys go to the drive-in experience oh my friend yeah we did that it was amazing looking. yeah i went we did the we, we went in like the friends and family preview and then universal studios and their halloween horror night they did a huge stranger things maze that was actually quite well done yeah it was awesome so yeah i definitely am a fan of the show i watched all three seasons the second that they came that they come out i will 100% watch this. Um, Colette Wilson, I see you in the chat saying that your oldest sister was the set designer. So DM me. I want details. Sneak me some info. I'm, yeah, these kids are clearly, I mean, they're all probably drinking age now. Um, but I, I'm still excited because I want to see how they explore new things. I was like, how are they going to do a season two? And then they did it. And then I was like, how are they going to do a season three? And one of the beautiful things about, you know, these exciting fantastical supernatural shows is that at the end of every season we're supposed to go well how are they gonna top that well where are they gonna go next and then they figure it out and fortunately there are people getting paid a lot more money than me to go figure it out um i'm curious when they were actually filming it and when they wrapped because there's a lot of not to go into any other topics, but there's a lot of timeliness right now of this whole thing. So I, I'm I'm really curious. I feel like there's going to be some art imitating life, imitating art kind of happening, and that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, guys, question is for you. 
What do you think about the new images from Stranger Things Season 4? By the way, the Part 1 of Season 4 will drop on May 27th, and then the Part 2 of Season 4 will drop on July 1st. So again, Netflix experimenting with the staggered releases a little bit, kind of drag out, because they realize they drop the whole season of Stranger Things, nobody's talking about it a week later. You do this, people are going to be talking about Stranger Things now for a couple of months. Let's see how that works. And have you been sensing a lot of excitement for people? What has been your excitement? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to thank the sponsor of today's video, me undies what's something you look forward to waking up to every morning is it coffee your pet maybe it's the face of someone you love well me undies wants to add to that list start your mornings with your favorite underwear and not just any underwear but ridiculously soft undies with ridiculous prints that make picking out underwear actually fun because me undies makes the softest fabrics you've ever put on your body so you can sit on your couch all day or go out and live your comfiest life once you try their undies socks bralettes and longwear you will never go back choose from a range of limited edition prints and colors and sizes that go from extra small all the way up to 4xl you can also sign up for their free to join me undies membership where you get a monthly subscription that sends new styles right to your door plus enjoy discounted pricing free shipping and exclusive of early access to new launches. And listen, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also gives you this promise. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, just go to MeUndies.com slash Campia. That's MeUndies.com slash Campia. And a special thank you to the folks at MeUndies. I'm wearing a pair right now for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. What, what, right, what do guys. they have on them? Oh, that's that's only for Ann to know. That's Woo! only for Ann to know. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four here, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one is from Trevor Donegan. Greetings, John. Mahabad Dieb, the director of Moon Knight, has made a statement saying WandaVision will not return for a season two, according to IMDb. As much as I enjoyed the show, I don't see how or why they would do a season two, considering Wanda's heavy involvement in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Did you enjoy WandaVision? And what are your thoughts on Deb's statement about there not being a second season? All right. Thanks, thanks a lot for sending that in, Trevor. All right. So let's talk about the first things first here. Did I enjoy WandaVision? My God, what a great show. That, that show was all sorts of spectacular. I honestly can't remember the last time. I'm not saying it's the greatest show I've seen the last three years, but I honestly can't remember another time where an episode would end and I would be like hanging on what is going to happen in next week's episode. Like Yellowstone is probably my favorite thing on TV right now. Succession mm. is right up there. But with WandaVision, there was something about that show, the way they so masterfully, slowly unwrap the mystery, new elements coming in, little Easter eggs, great things for Marvel fans, great things for mystery fans, whatever. That show was fantastic. And it started off as a small thing ratings-wise. And by the time it got to like week five or six, it was the number one show in the world because word of mouth kept going. I mean, I still remember here on the John Campy show, like that's all we talked about for months was WandaVision. Oh, yeah. And that's because I was bringing up because that's what everybody in the live chat want to talk about too. It's like WandaVision theories and WandaVision theories and WandaVision theories. I mean, where the hell is Mephisto, everybody? But everything is about... WandaVision, absolutely fantastic. Now, they called it a limited series, which basically means miniseries. It means it's a one-shot. It means it's not going to get a season two. 
That said, what was the Nicole Kidman series again? Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies was marketed as a limited series as so well. So was True Detective. And so was True Detective. But what happens? You know, a big pile of money comes rolling in and there's huge success and it's globally popular and made them rethink it. And they went back and they did another season of Big Little Lies and they did more True Detective and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of people have wondered maybe they do the same thing with WandaVision, although it didn't seem like that would make a lot of sense. But apparently now, no, it's official. They are not doing a WandaVision season two. And this comes to us from an MCU director who said the following. This comes to us from CBR who wrote, Speaking to Special Effects Magazine, Diab talked about his hopes that the upcoming MCU series Moon Knight, he's the director of Moon Knight, would have a greater longevity than some other MCU series. In the process, he confirmed that WandaVision, the first MCU series developed for Disney's streaming service, would not be returning for another season. It's like a crazy world, Diab said. Even with the successful shows like WandaVision, they're not doing a season two. She jumped into a film, so maybe she's going to come back or not. I don't know. And that's exciting. And that, of course, again, comes to us from the folks at CPR. All right. So they're basically saying what we've all kind of already known, but a lot of people hoping maybe would be not true, which is that there will not be a WandaVision season seven or season two <laughs> and not season seven either. So the question that some people may then raise is why not? Like with how successful that first season was, why not? And I actually think the answer is pretty obvious. With It's where Wanda's story has gone. You, With what we had in WandaVision and the way WandaVision ended, and where it looks like her character is heading in Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness, how do you just go back and do a fun, you know, whatever, WandaVision season 2 with Wanda and the kids back again? There's really no going back. Marvel's approach on their Disney Plus shows has been simply the next chapters in their overall stories. And remember, Marvel treats their movies and, and shows a little bit differently. They treat them as individual chapters in the overall story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that was their chapter. And it kind of makes sense to me that they won't be coming back. Do I kind of, would I like to see a WandaVision season two? Obviously, I would. But do I think it's a bad decision not to do another season of it? No. Especially with where I've speculated we're going to see Wanda go in Doctor Strange 2 for years now. I, I've, you know, I think Wanda's breaking bad, you know. But we will see. Rob, we've talked about WandaVision a lot over the years. And it's an absolute brilliant. I know you love it as well. I do. What do you think about this apparent confirmation from the Moon Knight director that, yeah, it's, you can put this to bed. There's not going to be a WandaVision season two. Well, if you think about the other shows, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, and even What If?, those shows are specifically about these characters, but even the title of WandaVision is about a situation. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's about a very specific situation that happened. I mean, Wanda Vision, it's a play on words, but it also was the situation of it literally was her her vision to create this world for herself. Well, that, that situation is over. And as we know now, Wanda is, I believe, Breaking Bad. She does get a movie. This scenario no longer exists. And if they were going to do a sequel, it wouldn't be called WandaVision. It'd probably be called Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Or they might be making a Scarlet right. Witch movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that it is WandaVision is very specific to this situation. And this situation, by the way, has led to, probably directly to Multiverse of Madness. So, obviously, she's a big play uh, I, it doesn't bother me that we don't get uh another 
another WandaVision series. I'm sure I've heard that she signed a big deal anyway, Mm -hmm. like a big multi-film deal. I mean, she's going to become a major player in the MCU going forward. And obviously, if she's really the antagonist of this new movie, how cool is that? By the way, you know, a lot of people have been wondering about who's the next Thanos. And people thought thought maybe it would be Galactus. Maybe it's the Celestial. Some people it's going to be Kang. What if the next big bad Thanos is actually Wanda? What if, and because I think we're going to find out some shit in Doctor Strange too. What if she is like the next, like Avengers level threat? That I mean, I just think that's interesting. By the way, something that we haven't talked about here is there is another show coming. Agatha, there's an Agatha Harkness show coming, right? I, I, I noticed that some people in the live chat were saying, well, maybe that's just a smokescreen for WandaVision 2. I don't think so. Yeah. I think no. just everybody I would loved this Agatha character. I would be curious if I don't get that show. Oh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would be. But Heads Chris would roll. Let's go over to you about this. Like, I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of people surprised that there's yeah. not going to be a WandaVision season 2. Do you think this is the right move, wrong move? And, and, and what could Agatha maybe be, if not a smokescreen for a Wanda show, but could it kind of be a spiritual second season to WandaVision? How do you see this whole thing? I definitely wasn't surprised by this because I never thought we were getting a second season. I thought it was that contained event, like Rob was saying. I really hope it's not a smokescreen. The Agatha show, I want it to be a deep dive into chaos magic. (laughs) I want to learn more about that side of the Marvel Universe, right? Give me more information about the Dark Home. Give me more information about Agatha and her upbringing with magic let me see more of those witches back from the day right who uh who aaron thought everyone was speaking spanish uh yeah Give that me is more like of the greatest story the telenovela <laughs> episode of wandavision really was well done um, i'm super into this idea though of wanda being the big bad i think that would be so fun because elizabeth olsen is such a powerhouse she's so great she's mm-hmm. an incredible performer i love just that little snippet we get of the that when I do it, I'm the bad guy. I love it. Lean in, girl. Be the bad guy. I want it. I want it so much. Oh. And she's playing multiple versions of that character yeah. as well. So right. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to determine that from the trail, but it does kind of give that appearance, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, Aaron, telenovela or not, <laughs> uh, what do you think about the fact that they're not going to be returning for another season of this? Could Agatha be, you know, kind of the spiritual thing? Where do you see Wanda going? Does it maybe this is... That because they've got big plans for one on the big screen. I don't know. What's your thought on this whole thing right now? Well, I'm really glad that you brought up Big Little Lies. And I'm really glad that I then countered, uh, uh, seconded that with True Detective because it does bring up the fact that we hear, you know, limited series. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, just kidding. We're going to do more. I think that in the case of True Detective and Big Little Lies, the reason why they said limited series is because, let's face it, you had, I mean, with Matthew McConaughey and... Um, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Oh, Woody yeah. Harrelson. Thank you. They probably were not going to get them to sign on for more than one season, and they didn't because they were recast, but the story was so compelling that they were able to continue doing the season without them and, you know, and tell a different story in the same world. And then with Big Little Lies, they also had so many powerhouse Academy Award-winning actresses all come together. And a lot of times we've I've been seeing this, you know, from my side of things, of hearing other you know, conversations that used to be that if you were to sign on for a television series before you even get the job, like when I go in, when I've gone in to test for things, I have to, I've, I've signed seven year contracts and it says in year seven, this is what you will make. 
Now, that's because that and that's just sort of the way that it's always been. But then when you're going after someone like Halle Berry, Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep ain't signing a seven year contract (laughs) for your ding dong television show. (laughs) However, when the you know, when these actors go and have a wonderful experience and they get to work with people that they respect and it turns out to be a great project, they might be willing to consider a second season. So I think that that's why we see Big Little Lies initially only doing a first season, but they left the end of the show kind of in a way of, but ladies, we'd love for you to come back if you wouldn't mind. And they had such a great time. They were like, let's do it again. They probably backed up the money truck to them, too. Um, when I did. A, I, I did love a, that truck. I love that truck. When I did a limited series called uh, Astronaut Wives Club for ABC, it was a limited series in that the show had run its full course. And Stephanie Savage, who is the creator of Gossip Girl, she said, like, there is nowhere for this story to go. There was a period where we were maybe going to do three seasons and stretch it out. And she said, I want it to be more compact one season. So we always knew that no matter how much fun we had, no matter what the ratings were, this was only going to be one season because the story ended. And I love, Rob, what you said about how there may not be another WandaVision because that was a limited story, but that doesn't mean that there couldn't be a Scarlet Witch. So when we're hearing reports that WandaVision specifically will not get a season two, that there, that might be semantics. That might be, well, no, what you know of WandaVision will not come back. However, that doesn't mean that we will not see this character in another another iteration. But regardless, it's clear that we, the viewers, are going to get a lot more of Wanda. And at the end of the day, that's what we want, whether it's on the big screen or it's streaming or it's on the big screen that it's streaming. We're going to see her. So I'm just thrilled that her character is so exciting. And like you said, we're getting the Agatha spinoff. So we're still staying in that world. She ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think we're going to... I mean, I really don't think we're going to see a Scarlet Witch Disney Plus series because, Rob, you've mentioned this before, and and I agree with you. I think she is now just too big. I think she is big screen and big screen only. And whether or not she turns out to be the next big bad or whether or not she's kind of redeemed at the end of Doctor Strange 2, I mean, who knows, whatever. But I still think that's where her immediate future is going to be. What do you think the chances are that we TV show versus movie future for, for her? Well, I think, you know, she's a movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that she did WandaVision, I think, was it speaks to her and her team to say, you know what? This is a good move for you. And it was so unique and so interesting as, as and from an acting perspective with her playing all these different roles. I mean, she, it was kind of a tour de force bit for an actress to do. I, well, I was playing a superheroine, a member of the Avengers, but now I get to do this crazy. I get to recreate sitcoms. And so f- from an acting perspective, I thought it really bolstered her credibility but mm-hmm. she's still a movie star right and i think now she's gone in and if she is the what movie star doesn't want to play the hero and then also get to play a sure. the film I mean, <laughs> come on yeah and 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 do both at the same time as we've seen in the trailer i mean she and she's going up against benedict cumberbatch who could very well be now the academy award-winning benedict cumberbatch and and right after the oscars what movie is she in oh with Academy Award winner Benedict Cumberbatch, they're going mano y mano or woman y mano or whatever, or sorceress <laughs> versus sorcerer. Sorcerer? Uh, I mean, come on, that's going to be, that's, I want to see that. And we're going to, on May 6th. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? We've always said for a long time that they're probably not going to do 
a second one. It, it was a limited series, but still there was that kind of glimpse that a lot of people thought maybe they still will do it. Apparently now they're not. How do you guys feel about that? Jump into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to our fifth and final main topic here today, shall we? Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? I'm so excited about it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's from James. Oh, no. <laughs> the early word on Morbius is hitting and it's not good. Besides most reactions painting a bleak sign of the quality of the film, reports are revealing that pretty much all ties to a larger spider universe have been cut from the movie. Everything in the trailers, including all of Michael Keaton's scenes, are gone except for one different Keaton bit as a tag. I'm seeing angry reactions of being tricked into seeing a bad movie via false advertising of a Spider-Man universe film. Do you think this thinking holds water? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yes, there is a movie coming called Morbius that I think the trailers have looked great. I think the, the two clips that have been released for it look amazing, especially that one on the ship where he's just like wrecking fools. Love that. I love the cast. I have been full-blown all-in on this film. Now, obviously, I always say, it could turn, who knows? It could turn out to be a car wreck. I have great faith in this film. Or at least I have had great faith in this film going into it. I'm still very, very excited to see it. Now, yes, there are some reports going around, but let me, let's be very clear. No official word has come out from anybody who's seen the movie about whether they like the movie or not. Now, there is a report going around of somebody who didn't see the movie saying they talked to somebody who saw the movie and that that, that person did. So we're, we're already three degrees of Kevin Bacon mm -hmm. separation here. So I'm not going to worry about that part right now. But as somebody who has been, number one, defending this film and been very excited for this film, there's something else that I've, I'm hearing that is sounding very, very concerning to me. And that is the notion that as the person who wrote in suggested that all this stuff in the trailer with all this connective tissue to the overall Spider-Man universe and stuff. And let's face it, that has been the main gist of these trailers. Poof. Isn't even in the movie. It's not even there. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR wrote the following. The trailers for Sony's upcoming Marvel movie Morbius are full of Easter eggs to the wider Spider-Man universe. But according to reports, Many of them did not make the final cut of the movie. Uh, the scenes that were cut allegedly include shot of Morbius walking past the poster of Spider-Man on the wall with the word murder. That's been in every piece of their marketing painted over it and newspaper headlines that hidden at the presence of Rhino and Black Cat. It also appears that Michael Keaton's role as Adrian Toomes or as we know him better, Vulture, have been cut greatly and reduced and now only exists in a post credit scene. According to Santos, who is from the Hashtag Show, and who has seen the film, apparently. Morbius is a messy film, unsure of what universe it exists in. Though it won't release until April 1st, Morbius has received negative reviews from some journalists who have allegedly seen the film. Again, that's all coming third party. It's not actually coming from any first-level sources. The impressions that have leaked from the screenings are of a movie that is boring and uncalculated with only minor nods to the larger universe. All right. We understand... As somebody who made a documentary about movie trailers, <laughs> that sometimes when a trailer gets made, there are things that were going to be in the movie that then later maybe get edited out. A, a shot here or a shot there, those sort of things. I would propose that this is different. 
if true, and by the way, a giant neon asterisk has to flash over all of this with the words, if true. Right. I have not seen Morbius yet, so I cannot personally attest to the validity of the claims being made here. We are simply talking right now and basing our discussion on the, if true, flashing neon light, okay? Understanding that, if true, that that thing with Spider-Man isn't even in it. The Daily Bugle with references to Black Cat and Rhino are not in it. That all these clips and dialogue and things we're hearing from Michael Keaton aren't even in the movie, aside from maybe a post-credit scene. This, I would propose, is fundamentally different from, oh, hey, yeah, when we made the trailer, this shot from this angle was going to be in the movie, but now it's not in the movie, got edited out. This is different from that. Because what Sony's approach, and I am a Sony defender, Sony's approach to the marketing, when you watch it, has been all about, hey, everybody, look how closely connected this movie is to the MCU world, to the larger Spider-Verse film. That's what this whole damn thing has been. Even the most recent featurette that they just put out with Jared Leto, who we were having some discussions about before the show started, but even that featurette that I talked about yesterday, the whole damn thing with him is talking about, ah, now we're in the multiverse, Jared Leto saying to the audience. We're in the multiverse now. It opens up all these possibilities. And that last damn trailer for Morbius was all about Michael Keaton. It was narrated by Michael Keaton. We saw Michael Keaton in three separate scenes. And his voice over top a good chunk of that trailer. We look at the previous trailers. The main thing that everybody talks about, walking by that mural on the wall with Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff, the references to the Daily Bugle, this whole marketing campaign has been revolved around the idea, hey guys, this is so connected. Oh, this is so, you don't even know how connected this movie is. That has been the message that Sony have been putting forth to the public about this movie that I have defended and talked about and supported. And if true, flashing neon light, if true, that none of that is in this movie, that is not a simple editing decision that got made at one point. That is not simply that, oh, yeah, man, that was in the movie, and oh, no, it kind of isn't. What this represents is nothing short of a massive deception, a fraud. It would represent nothing short of a fraud that Sony is perpetuating on two us the audience when you base your entire ad campaign around oh my gosh guys wait till you see how many spider-man connections are in this thing with although you may not have blatantly said it your whole marketing campaign has been about that to the point that even a vignette of of jared leto talking to the audience ladies yeah we can't wait for you to see this oh the multiverse is open up if you now go into this movie and all that's taken away it tells me that you decided we can't sell this movie unless we basically lie this basically lied to the audience. Again, under the flashing neon light of the if true with an asterisk. I've not seen the movie. I don't know. My hope springs eternal. But Rob, I'm going to tell you this. If I come walking out of this movie, by the way, everything might be true that all these things have been taken out and the movie might still be great. But if I come walking out of this movie and I experience a film that is 
an antithesis to what the marketing campaign was, I may still enjoy the movie very much. Uh, who knows? We'll see. I'm going to be damn disappointed in Sony. Like, damn disappointed in Sony what they've done here. I know, Rob, you're hearing their supports, understanding that we're under the bright neon light of what if that if true with a big asterisk. But if we walk out of this movie and find out this is true, that this whole marketing campaign has been BS, I don't know. What's your thoughts on this? What's your reaction to it? I think, if true, flashing neon lights, I think something happened as a result of Spider-Man No Way Home. And that that is this. This movie just is mediocre. It's just not good. And, and we what, don't know that. We haven't seen well, we it. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going with this. If, right. And after the, the raging success of Spider-Man No Way Home, Carnage uh, or, or Venom Let There Be Carnage also made half a billion dollars. Unless you have a movie that's going to make half a billion dollars or better, they don't want it as part of their Spider-Verse. This movie might have become a liability in the wake of the great success of Spider-Man. So they made a choice. They're like, you know what? This could be a Marvel movie like Blade, a one-off thing. We are going to cut it out of our Spider-Verse because it's not good enough to be in it. So there was a choice made because the movie's made, you know, a long time ago. It's been delayed. I think the powers that be, if this is all true, the marketing was already out there. Can't get rid of the marketing. It's going to be there, whatever. But by doing what they seem to have done, if if true, flashing lights, they're gonna they're throwing this overboard. The plane can't take the weight of a mediocre movie, so they're cutting all the references to the greater MCU or the greater multiverse or whatever, and they're gonna say, you know what? Yes, this is based on a Marvel project, but it is not part of our Spider Verse, and it's not part of the MCU. And they got rid of it all because it didn't turn out to be. Now, I've never heard of them doing something like that before, but when I read this report, you know, when I was reading and went back and read before the show today, I was like, why would they do that? Like, and like you, I'm like, they based this movie on being a part of this thing that maybe they're making it their own Sinister Six. But if Jared Leto, if, if it just didn't work and they finally made a difficult choice, we can't not release it. So they just. They said, this is not a part of the MCU anymore. This is just a standalone Marvel movie about a vampire. So you're operating on, if true, if true. you're operating on an assumption here that it was all in there and then they have subsequently removed it. Yes. I, I, see, I got a feeling that if we see it's not in there, I'm going to go with the with a different assumption that it was never there in the first place. And by the way, I should point out here, none of us were ever saying that, oh, we think Spider-Man's going to be in the movie. Like, that's not what we're saying. But it's just that they promoted this film as it's really leaning into the connections with the Sony Spider-Verse, maybe with the MCU Spider-Verse. Even they dropped names like Tony Stark the other day. Again, we're not saying we expected to see yeah. a Spider-Man swinging through the city. It's just that your whole marketing campaign was based on this. Yeah. Aaron, let me ask you. I know that Morbius is not a film that takes one of the top three spots of your most anticipated films of the year. Nor Joey Bishop's, apparently, by looking at she Joey's excited. Livid. <laughs> She's livid. Joey Bishop was ranting before the show today. She is, I mean, can you Look see? How upset Look at the she rage. Is. She's oh like gosh. old yeller at the end of the movie. <laughs> Wait, that's not good. Dead? I love oh. <laughs> <laughs> Old yeller died? Yes, yes. Oh, I just thought he had rabies and he took over the town. No, they no. shoot old yeller that's at the Cujo. end. They never got me at the end of the movie. <laughs> this is an emotional day. Yeah, <laughs> alert. <laughs> 
It's my dad's favorite film of all time, by the way, is Old Yeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old right. Yeller, yeah, it doesn't make it. Not good for so, Old Yeller. Yes. Uh, no, Joey Bishop is more like Cujo. Just uh, really pissed off. Um, no. Uh, yeah, this this doesn't bode well um, for 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 Jared Leto overall. You know, I mean, this being his first big standalone, you know, feature. He's obviously in, an incredibly talented actor and has done, as we were talking before the show, some wonderful supporting roles in, I mean, all the way back from Fight Club and American Psycho and, you know, anybody who knows hey, him as Jordan Halberstram. Catalano. I love American Psycho. <laughs> everybody who loved him as Jordan Catalano in my so-called life. You know, he, there's no doubt that he's an incredibly talented actor. Um, but uh, this does not bode well for him. And it also, there's this, the, the impression that I get from what we're hearing is the idea of, oh, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to go sit at this table now. But yeah, no, 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 we're cool. Yeah, it's, it's like, I just feel like they're slowly kind of backing away. And isn't this movie coming out like next week? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's also really concerning is that we're hearing these reports. So um, people are seeing this movie. I think it would be different if we were hearing these reports, say, three months ago, where very few people would have seen the movie. It wouldn't have been leaked. But like the movie is getting out there and there's not. A, I don't hear a lot of counter response, a lot of responses countering this, these thoughts. So, I mean, I. Well, technically, I, I think it's still under embargo. Okay. Right. I think it will be for the next couple of days. So we'll, we'll find out. Okay. Embargo from, you know, reporters and from critics and people like, you know, but there's people that are seeing it. And by the way, if this is true, this movie is going to get, destroyed oh yes yes by the, it will. by the film twitter and the yeah, press oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna pass the mic because i feel like chris has a lot more important things to say about this and i'm ready i'm here for it so madam chris chris goddess chris please speak now obviously you think these reports are overblown you have all the faith in the world oh in this gosh. movie i believe in this so movie much so faith much. in this movie <laughs> no it says you're hearing all this what's standing out to you and where's your uh Whew, where's your expectation level now? I just, I don't want to be someone who said, I told you so. <laughs> be that person. I do. I do want to be that person. I never thought this looked good to begin with. Um, I think it's wild, though, that these things aren't potentially in the movie. If this is true, if this is true and none of these things are in there. This is an Anna de Armas situation in yesterday. Rob and I are going to have a class action lawsuit. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. <laughs> this is how we pay your mortgage, Rob. All right. We're making it happen. Yeah, I, it would bum me. I'll tell you one thing. I think we'd all just be, well, you might not be, but I, I will be bummed out if this is the case. I mean, I, yeah. I know that I, I do have a very Cheshire cat grin about all of this. I don't actually want a movie to be bad. I'd love to go there and be like, wow, I got to eat some crow. That was a fabulous film. <laughs> but I don't think it's gonna be. For why? <laughs> For why is it made? <laughs> why? Why did they? F and listen, I again, I'm gonna go into this movie with all the hope in the world. I have been excited about this film. I'm not gonna change my my thoughts on that. I, again, and, and this will may or may not have any impact on the quality of the movie. I'm just, I'm gonna be very very disappointed in Sony. Like I said, the bottom line is, if. What they put together to sell to the audience was, look how connected this is into everything. And then we go into the movie and none of that stuff that they pretended was there is actually there. 
I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed in them as a company, and then we'll see how the movie well, itself does. John, if they did cut this movie loose, I think you're going to see the movie, and I will see the movie and go, it's probably pretty good that they, at the last minute, yeah. decided to throw it under the bus. Because be- that was the only saving grace for me was, okay, well, it's connected to the uh, the greater MCU. Yeah. I have to see it. That's part of it. I have to see everything. But if then again, snip, snipping. it's not like movies are made in a day. Right. And it's not like this hasn't been delayed throughout the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. when was this movie supposed to come out? Two years ago? The first trailer, I remember I, I looked up the trailer today, like the original trailer, so I want to look at some of the things that were in it. It's like, oh, yeah, this trailer came out over two years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, like- so this is something that would have been a long time coming. And the fact that they've continued to lean into the marketing using yeah. that Michael mm-hmm. Keaton thing, this, this is why, if this is true, it leads me to believe that somebody that, Somebody made a decision really recently to do this because the marketing has been done for a long time. So why not just shelve it? There's too, too much money. They, too, too much, much money, money and too much money in the contracts. Because even right now, with, even yeah, with all the buzz, right now, Box Office Pro is tracking that Morbius could make up to like 60 plus million dollars opening weekend. They're saying the range is anything from 40 to 60. So, I mean, that's. That's not money you can sneeze at. I mean, that's right. not money you can just literally throw away. You still got. And if they the know that the movie is not going to get the word of mouth to continue the momentum, yeah. they have to bank on that opening weekend yeah. because Absolutely. they know that there's not going to be anything else. I mean, that's how you get to those billion dollar box office numbers is because people see it once and then they see it eighteen thousand times. Tell all their friends. But if it if they know that it doesn't have that you know because also i think that normally we would be seeing a lot more buzz if they really believed in the movie we'd be seeing a lot more yeah there'd be a lot and, and but you do raise an interesting point because i was just i was just saying to you oh come on Aaron. the reason you don't shelve it is because you know his 60 70 i mean this thing's gonna make a hundred something million dollars like yeah. in the domestic box office I mean, look but you're also a company that has craven the hunter coming You've got Madam Web coming. You got all these kind Wait, of things. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the This will really? never get old. But if this movie, let's say this uh, again. I have all the faith in the world in the movie for now. But let's say this thing is an absolute train wreck and is so bad that you're right about this, Rob. That at this point they're just taking things out to try to distance itself from other movies. Maybe you're biting a hundred million dollar bullet. But if it's so bad that it could affect people's expectation and excitement for your future movies like Craven the Hunter and whatever, because if this thing, let's say this thing is a giant stink bomb, people are just going to chuckle when a Craven the Hunter trailer comes out. Oh. I mean, like, so maybe you should consider, I mean, if it is that bad, by the way, I am not saying it's bad. I believe it's going to be awesome, but let's say it is. At what what point do you go? Maybe it's just for the best if we just shelve this thing. I, you I don't know what? Know what I think. love blueberries. There is nothing that I would rather eat on this planet than a that a just big bowl of fresh blueberries. Or my, I will eat anything that is blueberry flavored. However, if there's a blueberry with mold on it, I gotta sacrifice you. I gotta throw you out because if I accidentally eat a blueberry with mold on it, and then I go, oh my god, oh god. It's going to ruin you for blueberries. I'm just mm-hmm. putting the rest of them back in the fridge, and I'm going to let Tom deal with those blueberries. I'm just going to be You're like, You're one oh. of those, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Puts it back you in the fridge. The moldy blueberries back, back in, in the, the fridge. Or the empty milk carton. Well, no, I'm, I already ate the moldy blueberry. I'm putting the rest. Uh, you know. oh, but there okay. could be more blueberries. I'm a shitty yeah. wife is what and uh, ultimately. And you'll get me shit for leaving my clothes in the dryer and just pulling them out <laughs> but, as I need them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> John, I, I will. I will say though. I will say though that that I we're only saying this because the this report we're yes. responding to this report. If true, if true, if, if, true. if true, if true, if true, you know, Bing, Bing. But I do think that if it is true, this will be a fascinating case study moving forward in terms of franchise management and inter studio cooperation because you would think that something like this marvel would never have had this kind of a quote-unquote failure because i bet that even after taking all this material out the movie then would have to be pretty mediocre for them to have taken the material out in the first place and who i want to know the story who who made that decision who made that call and when did they do it well we will find out here because you all know this movie's going to be great I'm standing on that rock, but I'm losing my. Hey, man, it could be cool. I love (laughs) vampire movies. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be awesome. And this is all for naught. But anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this report that all this apparently connected tissue that the the trailers were so bragging about might not even be in the movie? And if that's not, if it's not, then what does that tell us about the movie overall? We're not far away now from this movie coming out. What are you guys thinking? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Today's episode of Movie Club is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Guys, more and more, we enjoy shopping online, whether it's on our phones or our computers. And how many times have you gotten to the checkout and seen that promo code box and thought, man, if I only had a promo code, I could save some money. Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So here's the situation. You're shopping online on one of your favorite favorite sites. And when you go to checkout, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Then just wait a few seconds as Honey works its magic and searches for coupons it can find for that site that you're on. And if Honey finds working coupon, just watch the price drop. Recently, Ann and I were hanging out at home one evening and we decided to order in and the Honey button appeared. I was able to apply coupon and I actually saved like six or seven bucks. It was that easy to use. And Honey doesn't just work on your desktop computer. It also works on your iPhone. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash movie club that's joinhoney.com slash movie club we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video coinbase have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency but if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it they felt kind of overwhelmed by it like not even knowing how to get started well that's where coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy sell and spend cryptocurrency they support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone they offer portfolio portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in a 100 different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash campia sign up at coinbase.com slash campia for ten dollars in free bitcoin this offer is for a limited time only so be sure to sign up today that's coinbase.com slash campia 
And thank you to the good folks at Coinbase for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. Honey did not sponsor this episode. That was our ad for Movie Club, and I accidentally forgot to take it out of the rotation for today's show. But hey, Honey's awesome too. Go use them as well. They're great. They're sponsoring our Movie Club show. Anyway, guys, with that all down, let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? Chris, what do we got going on in there? We're kicking things off with Waleed. Morbius looks like Dracula, untold literally. Uh, I'm. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um... I don't know that it does, to be honest with you. I, Dracula Untold should have been so great with Luke Evans. Dude. That movie should have been really great. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that it looks like that. All what right, what's next? bummer that was. Yeah. Gazy Mac. Hey, crew. Little bummed out today. I found out everything everywhere all at once is playing nowhere near me, but I think it goes wider on April 8th, so I think maybe that'll be when I get to see it. I, uh, Ann and I, yeah, we were we got our tickets for it, but we couldn't get our tickets in the city where we live. So we're going to have to drive into Burbank to go and watch it this week, which which is fine because I'll go anywhere to see Michelle Yeoh. I mean, that's fine. If it's playing there, it's playing there. But I'm excited because tomorrow night we're going to go see Lost City. I'm very excited for this. Ooh, that movie. looks so fun. It looks all the critics I'm reading about it say it's absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see that tomorrow. And then the day after we're going to go into Burbank and go watch every, everything everywhere all at once. Do you know that Michelle Yeoh was a Bond girl 25 years ago? Was that yeah. 25 years ago? Tomorrow Never Dies was 25 years ago. Ugh. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw. Thoughts on the massive Tyreek Hill trade? I did not see the Tyreek. I did Tyreek Hill got traded. I, I didn't see it, so I can't give any thoughts about it, but I will definitely ball? look for that. It's yeah, this is sports it's ball. It's a sports Neat. thing. Okay. Sports ball thing. All right. What's next? <laughs> Dead jokes. Hi, John and crew. Will you be doing Seven Samurai for an upcoming movie club? Many argue it's in the top three all-time greats. Come on, Rob. Will you advocate? Uh, probably, so won't, probably won't be doing it. I got action figures of all seven of those samurai. Mm. I don't think it's the top three film of all time, but That's it is awesome. a, an all-time great. It's a wonderful, wonderful film. But the reality is, I don't... Look, let's be honest. We did arguably the greatest film of all time yesterday in The Godfather. And I remember saying to Rob... You did. Uh, and it was the, it's the 50th anniversary of The Godfather this week, right? Tomorrow. But I remember saying to Rob, despite the fact that it's the 50th anniversary, and despite the fact that it is one of the... Inarguably, one of the greatest films of all time, and arguably the greatest film of all time, depending on who you ask, I said, Rob, I bet you this is going to be our lowest viewed episode of Movie Club. And it is by a wide margin. And also, you know, which is really too bad because it's one of the greatest. But I really don't think we would get many people watching it if we talked about Seven Samurai. I mean, Godfather's 50 years old. And think about it. Our viewership, they weren't alive. Most of the viewership of this of this channel is not alive. And Seven Samurai is 20 years older than that. 70 years old. Seventy, maybe yeah, more. Generally, our motto for generally speaking, our motto for for movie club is celebrating our favorite films of the last twenty five years. Now, for The Godfather, we made we will make some exceptions here. The Godfather, it's the fiftieth anniversary. We did that, but we'll see. But no, we will probably, unfortunately, not cover Seven Samurai. Unfortunately, but you Dude, do hear us talk about Jaws all time here. Is going to be fifty in three years. What? Oh, that's bananas. Three that's years. Jaws right. will be fifty. What's oh. next? From Daniel Dang. Have you guys seen the 2003 HBO series Carnival with Nick Stahl and Clancy Brown? Still the worst cancellation of all time for me, even over Firefly. I know. I never Carnival did. Carnival is awesome. I love Clancy Brown. It was yeah, so Clancy good. Yeah, Clancy Brown's great, but I've, I've never... You, you, if you guys... Are, it's got to be on HBO Max, right? Oh, it's got, yeah, all of your stuff is yeah. on Two seasons, on thing, yeah. watch it. 
Oh, okay. never heard of it. All right, I'm going to have to check it really out. Thanks good. for putting that on the radar, Daniel. All right, what's next? From Andy, in the Academy's attempt to get non-film famous people in the Oscars, they've announced that Elon Musk will host next year's Oscars in advance. <laughs> LOL. Well, I mean, why not? The dude hosted Saturday Night Live. From I, space. He'll host from, it from space. space. Yes. I'll tell you what, if he does it from Mars, I'll say he's earned it. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he can get to Mars by next year, I'll say he's and earned it. If he can it, get he can that like, live stream back in time, that That's would be right, it would impressive. probably take a while for the live stream to get back. All right, what's next? From Downwell, did you hear about Tron 3? Okay, so uh, apparently uh, Jared Leto said that they're still working on Tron 3. So, I mean, maybe they're well, looking. Jared Leto also Spider-Man was going to be in. <laughs> yeah. no, he didn't say Spider-Man Yeah, Morbius is going to really lend itself to getting I didn't know. Tron Yeah, I, I don't know. He was affiliated with the Tron. Uh, no. I'm not so sure at this point. But look, they've always been trying for it, but nothing has mm-hmm. been greenlit, and I still have my doubts that it will. But we'll find out. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, one of two. You ever go back and rewatch a series, and no matter how likable a character is written and played, you hate them because the way they end up or is written out? Not traitor characters, but a character makes series a series of stupid choices in season five. That's their own fault and gets them killed. So when season one starts, you pre-hate them. Yes. Um, Who are we talking about specifically? No, I, I, I like it, it's funny because like people say to me, can a bad like third movie that shows you ruin the first movie story? I'm like, no, that like the 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 movies or episodes that come already are what they are. And if I love that character in those episodes, I will. And then I'll hate them in the ones that I begin to hate them. But I've never really had that experience myself. Any of you guys? Oh, man. Felicity Smoke on Arrow. I was just like, you. Oh, you're so annoying. All I of your choices love are that bad. character. I love oh, I thought her. you meant Felicity. Until the later season. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant like Felicity. And oh, I was no. like, yeah. And she cut her hair. And what was when she, she cut her hair, I was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> One of the biggest great. controversies in TV history. Carrie yeah. Russell cut her hair. It's like, what did they do with Felicity? I'm going to refrain from answering this question. <laughs> All right. Because we know where uh. we're going. All right. What's next? Uh, from... Should be K major, I think. Thank you so much. Due to the rising gas prices, Fast and Furious 10 will be using BMX bikes for all their stunts. <laughs> True. Breaking news. I'll tell you what. Look, I I I don't mean to to rub anything into anybody anywhere, but man, every time now that I drive by, because I'm driving a Tesla now, and every time I drive by a gas station, I can't help but feel a little bit good about my decision to be driving electric. I got solar panels and the solar batteries right here that I just plug my car into the solar and I just charge my car up. So it's like, I am very so grateful that I did that. Mad. I and, am very glad that I bought a Prius like right a month ago. Yeah, you guys, you both of you guys. We both bought Priuses from Hamer Toyota. Ooh. I'll, I'll one day have an electric car. Well, you have. One day you, it'll don't be you have here. a hybrid coming of some sort? I'm well, getting a full electric. Oh, That's it's what a full I have. That's why it's coming. taking That's so right. long to get it. Uh, all right. What's next? All right. Tacky? From Tacky75. Went to see Michael Bay's latest movie, Ambulance. Walked out after 30 minutes because I became physically ill due to the constant use of shaky cam. Ooh, that's, uh. you know what? It's funny because when Aaron, you and I saw th- this big preview for it at CinemaCon. By the way, the next CinemaCon is next month. Uh, and we're all going. And we're all going. Up for us. <laughs> Did um, Ambulance open? No. I mean, this hasn't opened yet, but maybe there were some advanced screenings for it or something like that, but I do, do not believe it's open. But I was not personally impressed by what we saw. And I know you were, and a lot of other people were. Like, I think most people were very excited for the movie. But even then, there's a lot of shaking camera in that. But I never even think about what would the physical, 
practical effects of that be over two hours? Yeah. I do not remember it at all. The Jake Gyllenhaal one where they're robbing a bank and they use the ambulance to get away. They showed us. Oh, big... yeah. Okay. You actually really like the preview. Yes. Okay. I, I Well, you know, I like, as my mother calls them, the, the shoot 'em up movies. She goes, I don't like a lot of that shoot 'em up. We actually have a friend who made a movie called Shoot 'em Up. Oh, so really? Yeah. Okay. I'll send it to my mom for full, for April Fool's Day. She'll love it. Um, <laughs> it's fun. You know, I, I I I don't mind a shaky camera if I know that's what I'm going in for. But I know that I forget what movie it was, but there was actually a movie that was it had like people signing a health release form before they went inside, or it had like a a, a disclaimer at the top of it because there were people that were getting physically ill watching the movie and it wasn't yeah. Blair Witch Club but okay. as long as I know Blair not, Witch Project Blair Witch, <laughs> the Blair, the Blair Witch, Witch Club, Club. were there a bunch of witch babysitters <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no uh, yeah Blair Witch Project thank you I remember I was I the only seat left in the theater I was in the front row so I watched the entire Blair Witch Project like this and I was so sick afterwards but yeah, it's, hard, um, it's hard to watch that way like from a biological point it's hard to watch that way right um, yeah, I don't. I, I think that it, that is if I understand that there's going to be a lot of shaky camera movements, and I know where to sit in the theater to understand that, uh, um, to be able to watch it and stomach it. And I also don't get car sick, so it doesn't really bother me too much. You know, John, I want to see this movie. I do. I want to see it. It looks good, but I cannot believe that anybody really thinks that they're going to end up in a high speed car chase in downtown L.A. and yeah. escape. <laughs> uh, an issue with this. Uh, no one look, believes anything uh, but, but, that's ever gonna happen uh, perhaps, in Michael you know i look they're, like they're gonna go across the 7th street bridge i'm like where are you gonna go bro yeah are you gonna <laughs> get to go. River? Like, well, where gonna, are you gonna go they're gonna get on the radio so you gotta clear traffic for us ahead of us or else we're gonna shoot yeah. the I, I don't know where you're you gonna escape a police helicopter driving at 20 miles an hour I, they're gonna I, take I, you I, the helicopter's gonna be like what do you want me to do people aren't moving anyway yes we gotta move we gotta keep rolling on here all right what's next all right Right, from Andy, I just realized that since Jason Momoa is in Fast 10, he can finally fight John Cena and get back at him for that fucking fish comment on Peacemaker. I tell you, that, that comment on Peacemaker is one of the greatest lines in television so history. One of the greatest lines in television. Sorry, not, not the joke, but Jason Momoa's Fuck response. You, Barry. Fuck you, Barry. It's one of the greatest lines ever, ever, ever in television history. I love it. All right. What's next? Another one from Andy. Everyone has their favorite Batman, but one of my favorite Batman is the How It Should Have Ended Batman. Can't wait for the Batman, How It Should Have Ended. Love their content. You know why? Don't say it. Because I'm Batman. The Batman on How It Should Have Ended is so funny. It's like, I don't, you probably don't know where it's I don't about. know what you're talking There's about. There's this smiling. online thing that's they've been making it for well over a decade. Mm -hmm. How It Should Have Ended has been around a long, long time where they do in, in very easy animation, like, it's exactly what it sounds like. How this movie should have ended. Oh, how I love this that movie, idea. Like for the Lord of the Rings, it's like how Lord of the Rings should have ended. And it's got all the characters standing around. It's like, we must take this ring to Mordor. And then it cuts to a scene of them riding the giant eagles and dropping the ring in the volcano. And one of them going, man, can you imagine if we try to walk here? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why would we do that when we have these giant eagle friends? Like that's what it is. But it's it kind of came... It got to the point where it started being kind of narrated by Batman and Superman sitting in a diner. And it's always, you know, I know why. Because I'm Batman. And it's, it's a great Batman. It's, it's really, really quite good. All right. What's next? All right. From Alex Van Gollum. Ari Godfather. The cinematography from Gordon Willis, the Prince of Darkness, is incredible. How he used shadow light effects to convey character traits. 
listen, we did uh, for the movie club yesterday. We did The Godfather, and you're right. The cinematography of this movie is so beautiful and it's so perfectly shot and done. It lends itself to it so well. It's an excellent observation, Alex. All right, what's next? From Purple Haze 4564. Hey, John, I can't stand AMC pricing. I hate it so bad. I didn't get the commercial with Nicole Kidman, but I think I'll stick with Tinseltown that I've been going to for years, seeing it in XD. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you right now. If I had, to me, it's about convenience. And for me, my local, but the closest movie theaters to me are the AMCs. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm not going to lie. A-list is also pretty damn great. But if I had a Regal that was closer to me, I'm probably getting Regal Unlimited and going to Regal Cinemas. But uh, yep. again, as much as I dislike a lot of the things AMC is doing right now, and they have the worst CEO in America. And who is that? I can't remember his name. <laughs> just not, I'm just not going to say his name. Um, the, the reality is, if I'm being honest, it is still my favorite movie going experience for now. But I, I don't know. If it wasn't for A-List, and if it wasn't for the fact that they were always the, be the closest major theater to me, I may be jumping ship. All right, what's next? All right, from Rick Brickmore. Hello, Campia gang. In watching the Moon Knight scene that dropped yesterday, just wanted to point out we're seeing Steven there, not Mark. Well, uh, semantics, tomato, tomato. But yeah, but which personality we're seeing, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think they say the name. I think we're seeing Steven, Mark talking to Steven in that one scene in the mirror. Well, they were, but he's talking oh, about but the, the uh, some of the, the suit. suit. Oh, the oh, oh right, suit right, scene, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is a great scene. Great I, scene. I really liked what I saw that. And you may be right about that, Rick. Good. Thanks for pointing it out. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher. After Movie Club last night, I realized, if anything, The Godfather is King Lear. Also, after watching it, I couldn't be more excited for the offer. Well, actually, mm-hmm. a couple of things about you, Rob. Like, afterward, you were talking about that. What is The Godfather? You say it's a story well, about... Coppola said The Godfather, in his mind, was a story about a king and his three sons. And then what were you watching just before we started the show today? I was watching the trailer for the offer, probably for the sixth time since it's dropped. Oh, Which it looks, looks so, so good. The new trailer it looks so good. Just cannot wait to watch that. All right, what's next? From I Am Awesome 418, saw The Godfather for the first time yesterday at a theater. What a great movie and experience. Sonny told Michael not to make it personal, but he should have sent for Fabrizio. Hashtag justice for Ap- uh, Apollonia. 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 Oh, poor Apollonia. Words. A girl who literally had no dialogue in the movie. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's her big uh, her big thing in that. Um, but yeah, poor girl. Uh, blows up and then is never mentioned again. But yeah, the fact that you got to see it on the big screen, man, I am awesome. Uh, that is, I'm so jealous. I still never seen The Godfather on the big screen. I need to do that someday. But yeah, never make it personal and never side against the family never side against the family all right what's next from kevin cow who gave us our figures can't wait to see more loki and welcome back Aaron. thank you kevin i mean really hey, nice meeting you i gotta go to your store dude yeah we gotta go to a yeah, store we like do. we should there's make one a video thing i want to store sometime <gasps> but whether it's dr strange or thor i'm always down seeing uh tom hiddleston mm-hmm. as loki Same. always all right what's next all right, from Ron W357, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Ron. Uh, hey, John and crew. Yesterday, an assistant director for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League posted a picture of a broken floor and a film reel with Restore the Snyderverse on it. There's been a lot of this going on. Is there an announcement coming for Snyder? No. There, there's out. Snyder's moved on. He's doing great things. 
He's uh, making Rebel Moon for Netflix. Yeah, making, I want to see that. And he's he's still doing more stuff with this zombie world of his yeah. that he's got coming up. He has completely moved on. Uh, Discovery, Zaslav has no interest in getting into that. So, no. I, I think, I mean, look, this is... There's a community that kind of built around this, and they still like to celebrate, and that's awesome. But no, I don't think there's any announcements. I mean, other than uh, we're going to release a Zack Snyder Justice League with extra 30 seconds in it, or uh, like maybe like that. I'd but buy that, that 4K. I'm sure you would, but I don't think any <laughs> okay. other significant thing. I mean, you never know, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not expecting it. All right, what's next? Thanks a lot again for that, Ron, by the yeah. way. Thank you very much, dude. All right, what's next? Ryan Ramirez just sent in some support. Thanks, Thank Ryan. you. Greg Melia, is it just me or are the Oscars starting to look more like the Golden Globes? These scripts are making me think that they're trying to top the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Nope. <sighs> totally different. No, the, 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 okay. you still can't, can't buy it. Yeah. Okay, so the, the difference between the Golden Globes and the the Academy, the Oscars, is just the basic fundamental nature of the Golden Globes is that it was. It's always been considered in Hollywood kind of like a joke award in that, yes, it is a precursor to the Oscars because it gets a lot of buzz. And so it definitely gives a lot of extra attention on um, all the nominees for the Oscars. But it was always nominated by and voted for a group of people who were not. About 60 or 70 of them, by the right, way. Right, a very small group of people who could be wined and dined very easily, and therefore their vote could very easily be swayed in one direction or another. And so the Golden Globes were not always necessarily honoring the best and the brightest, whereas the Oscars are and always have been nominated by and voted for by the very people who work in those industries. So it's by your peers um, who understand what it means to edit a film, what it means to do sound design, what it means to do, you know, to be a cinematographer. And so um, it's one thing to say, I don't like how the broadcast is being produced and directed. It is a very different thing to say the the actual award itself is in any way similar to the Globes, which but is But I think not. that's what he's getting. I think he's asking about the show. If mm -hmm. like they're trying to make it, because the Oscars have been doing some stupid things lately, right? Like between the fact of who they have hosting it, who I love all three people who are hosting it, but they're a terrible choice for the Oscars. Um, then finding out that, you know, the lead star of the best picture nominated film of the year is not even invited. And even when she asked to go to the Oscars, they said no. Which is ridiculous. But DJ Khaled is going to be a presenter yeah. at the Oscars. And then they weirdly backtracked that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> too late, just days before the event, they they get see all the backlash. And all they say, okay, now they invited her to come, Rachel, to come and uh, be at the Oscars and, and present. It's, it's almost too late because she's got her scheduling things now. And if I was Rachel, when they called me and said, okay, now we'd like to invite you, I'd be saying, huh. You never invited me before, and when I called you and asked you if I can, you could say you said no. So that's what exactly I'm going to tell you. It's time for the old double efforts, and say no, I ain't going. Like that's what they deserve at this point, anyway. And but again, is be, that the Academy or is that whoever is directing and producing it this year? Well, it's it's the Academy. So the the producers of the Oscars don't actually oversee. They oversee the the presenters list. They don't oversee the guest list. Mm. And she just asked to get a ticket. The lead actress in a movie. Uh, at any rate, this will be the second year in a row that I don't watch the Oscars. Uh, it's, but, but I'll be very excited to hear the results. I am very excited for the results. All right, what's next? All right, from Down Well again. Why is Hot Toys like 300 bucks? 
I want Alita Battle Angel. Also, what do you think about Alita Battle Angel movie? The Alita Battle Angel movie was actually pretty good. It wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be, but I was quite entertained by it. Hot, there's a lot of work that goes into those hot toys, and they that's why. But I think the average price is probably about, what two fifty is probably closer to yeah, the average price. And also, they have to pay for those head sculpts. Yeah, which you know, is and not they have easy. to license those, and they don't manufacture them. Like Hasbro makes a Black Series Star Wars toy, and they make millions of them. Hot Toys is not making millions of their of their toys. Mm-hmm. By yeah. the way, the Alita Battle Angel Hot Toys dope. Uh, I believe it. All right, what's next? All right. Oh, John, can you bring yours up again? Mine's not in the right order. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, th- I thought I had it up. I'm sorry. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, look at this photograph. I figured Keaton's cameo would be a post credit scene. Also, the Venom reference, but uh, can a studio edit a film after it gets its MPA rating? Oh, yeah, yeah. The MPA rating doesn't really mean anything. And an MPA, it's not like there's a rule in Hollywood that says the MPA has to give it, and then the, stu- the theaters have to follow it. There's actually no rule about that. Um, the theaters don't are not legally obligated to follow those rules or to follow those guidelines. So the MPAA could give an R rating to something and then a theater could just randomly decide, no, we want to make more money, so we're going to give it PG-13? No, it is rated R, but they can still let kids in without their parents if they want. Oh. Just like um, a, a film can be... For, for instance, MPA says you can't release an NC-17 uh, film in regular theaters. But when I was working at AMC, there was a little horror film film by Adam, not Adam Wingard, but Adam, can't remember the, the director's name, but there was this slasher horror film that got an NC-17 and AMC decided to play it anyway. And it kind of made AMC and the MPA butt heads, but they're allowed to do that. Uh, so it, yeah, it is what it is. All right, what's next? All right, from Brian's Game Talk, one of two. Pixar, Rotten Tomatoes average, A5.48, 25 films. Lowest cinema score, uh, A2, best picture noms, no wins. Toy Story 3 and up, 11 best animated film noms, seven wins. And then, then, there he is. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Rotten Tomatoes average, 79.47, 34 films as a director. Lowest cinema score, C+, 10 best picture noms, one win. I guess, so I guess this comes from me talking about how I, I, think there is an argument to be made that Pixar is not just the best animation studio. They may be the best movie studio. Mm. Uh, when you look at the overall quality, they just constantly crank out quality. There's the odd Cars 2 or something like that. But the very fact that they've done it this long, and you can you can probably name them. Cars 2, the friendly dinosaur with smiley teeth. What was the name the of it? The Good Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. Which is a cute <laughs> film, but yeah. Uh, which, which was still a yeah, cute it's film. it's still fine. Um, uh, there's an argument made, but yeah, you, when you compare against the greatest filmmaker of all time, yeah. But if you average it out, the dude does have ten Best Picture the nominations. Are still good yeah. though. All right, this is why next? medium doesn't determine merit. I agree. Um, from Rick Bickmore, a big reason for the Avatar two trailer to be released exclusively in theaters could be to make sure the people watching it are seeing it on the big screen and in the right environment. True, but they care about that a lot less than just the marketing money. potential and getting money. So we talked about, for those of you who missed it the other day, there's a report going around that we don't know if it's true, but there is a report going around that the first trailer for Avatar 2 will play in front of Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness and be exclusive in theaters. This will, for a lot of people, despite however some people think, oh, nobody cares about Avatar anymore. Yes, they fucking do. Just accept that. And 
it could be that there might be some people on the fence about going to see Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness on opening weekend, but go, wait a minute, we get our first look at Avatar 2? They might buy tickets then. And you're right, it will be a different experience watching that trailer on the big screen than it will be at home, but it'll make its way online at some point quickly enough. All right, what's next? All right, from uh, Casey Mack, one of two. Hey, John and crew. I actually just watched the first... Uh, the first second episode? The first two episodes. The first two episodes of the French series Disney put on Disney Plus called Parallels. Parallels. Oh, very nice, Aaron. Thank <laughs> Parallels. You. Overall, so far, I'm liking it. Gives off some major Dark and, uh, dark and Stranger Things type vibes. Ooh. Might finish the season today because they dropped all six episodes. Okay. I'll watch that. Yeah, I have I have never even heard of the thing. I have no, I know Disney Plus has been getting more into some, some regional programming just like netflix has been doing as well so that's not surprising i haven't even heard of this one but i might have to check it out at some so, point uh, all i hear I, I hear dark i'm in <laughs> that was a very good george st I mean, pierre the impersonation you did by the way parallel all right what's next <laughs> all right from al renshaw they shouldn't change rating of monroe biopic well i mean says who you haven't seen the movie yeah <laughs> i mean if, if netflix looks at it and it's their film now if Netflix looks at it and they think, we think this is a better overall experience if we shave this out and if we shave this out, we think this makes a better, more watchable, better experience of a movie and makes it a more effective movie if we do that. Then guess what? It's their movie and they totally should. Also, and they might be right because we haven't seen the movie. Does Netflix even air NC-17 content? They might not they air can. It's I mean, it's, it's up to them. Right, but I mean, to, as yeah. a policy, I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know. the children. <laughs> all right what's yeah look next? what happened with cuties <laughs> all oh, right yeah. from glenmark hi lovely peeps a question for rob do you ever wish the star trek spinoff assignment earth happened i understand there i understand there's a comic series out there there is so assignment earth was the last episode of the second season of the original series it was a backdoor pilot about a human that was abducted by a race of aliens and sent back to earth to help Earth along in the late 60s and the 70s and 80s to make sure we didn't destroy ourselves. And it was going to sh co-star Terry Garr as Roberta Lincoln. Ooh, I love and, Roberta. And Robert Lansing played Gary Seven. And there is a great, there's also a great series uh, of books, uh, two written by Greg, Greg Cox that dealt with Khan Nooney and Singh and the eugenics wars that also co-starred uh, Gary Seven and Roberta Lincoln. All right. And do I, but I didn't ask the question. Yes. And if I was gonna make if I was gonna do a Star Trek spin-off series, they should do uh the Gary Seven series and set it in the late sixties and make it going into the decades and show how he helped the Star Trek universe. But that's too creative and it would be too good. All right, so what's they won't next? Do it. <laughs> All right, from Dante. Hey, Campia Campers. I love that he calls us that. Oh. Finally watched The Godfather. And yeah, the hype was real, LOL. Also, how do I send Rob a gift? Thanks and mucho love to you all. Bring on the filthy. Basically speaking, look, here, here's the reality. I know some people do things with, with post office box and stuff like that. The reality is in this world, it's not safe. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of people have always asked me over the years, I got this thing I'd love to send you, but it's like, I don't feel safe. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, Rob may have ways. Bitcoin. Yeah, you can send Rob Bitcoin. Uh, but generally, we don't we don't have those avenues. Uh, you can ask Rob maybe on his next Rob Observatory if you set something yeah, like that up. But I just yeah. don't consider it to be a very safe thing, to be honest with you. Because 
I don't only have myself. I have other people that work with me that I also have to be concerned about. So that's why we don't uh, offer things like you that. You can out. send gifts to my agent and manager's office and I will get Yeah, them. like if I had an agent or a manager, I would give that out. But What do they do on OnlyFans? Don't you have like an Amazon list? Like <laughs> right, you got to keep going. Keep going. Awesome. All right, what's next? Um, from Shaquan Jackson. If the Oscars were smart, they would try to get Kevin uh, Feige to host the Oscars and talk about the MCU and release trailers on their upcoming <laughs> films. Then their ratings would boost. Oh, that's, my God. Everybody would watch. Well, that's kind of what the MTV Movie Awards tried to do. I remember when the Transformers was coming out. They Basically, the whole show was about Transformers. The whole MTV Movie was about Transformers. Uh, they even That was the year they created the category most anticipated best anticipated movie <laughs> best and, and anticipated? It, was, it was it was specifically so because transformers was playing all their marketing on it michael bay was there doing presenting it was all a transformer show and that's what it would come into listen just go back to what rob and i have talked about before they should have had tom holland toby mcguire and andrew garfield host it it was the movie that saved movies this year it is the most relevant movie, the most watched movie in years, and it was the best thing that was celebrated in movies this year. Those three should have hosted the Oscars. And bring the villains on as well. Yep. Can you imagine that to help uh, Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, Thomas A. Martin Church? Martin Scorsese would be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? From Gone with the Cheddar. Hey, John and crew. So got a pitch for Power Rangers. Ditch the teenagers with attitude. Go back to the Japanese Sentai theme. Five brave heroes defending Earth from interdimensional threats. Thoughts? Hey, man, I, I, you know. Hey, listen, remember, though, I, I crapped on the latest, the one that came out how many years ago? Did that come out now? Five years ago? The latest Power Rangers movie mm -hmm. that came out? I was crapping all over the concept of that for a couple of years before it came out. And I got to say, you know what? I kind of liked it. It was fun. It was actually pretty fun. They did it pretty well. If you think that is what's going to get the audiences to come back, I don't think it will. Plus, I, the I, former Blue Ranger who played Billy is currently working on a new project. What is he working He's on? He's supposedly working on bringing in a new Power Rangers story. Uh, really? We were watching a YouTube video on this the other day. I, did I love not Power know Rangers. That. Oh, Fun okay. fact I got one of my SAG vouchers by being a background actor on the episode on an episode of Power Rangers. I oh. never knew that. Mm -hmm. You were on set for a Power Rangers episode. I was. Was this yeah. before episode? And I got a bump because there was smoke. And I was like, ooh, I get an extra $20 because they blew smoke in my face. <laughs> okay. Was that before wow. or after prostitute number two? Uh, first of all, prostitute number one. Sorry, one. Yes, it was one. Sorry about and that. And that was not background. That was a speaking role. I'm sad yeah. it didn't happen before or after. It was before. That's it was how before. it was how I helped. It led you to. Do you remember Star what Trek. episode title? Uh, I'll I'll try to find because I you know what I was look going it up. I, I was going through and I actually found all three of my pink SAG vouchers and another one was from uh -huh. Sex in the City when they were shooting in Los Angeles. But I have all three of my pink SAG vouchers, so I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> I'll look up what the episode was. All right, what's next? All right, from James Saunders, buy one rent one lose one corporate edition. Bob Chapek, Adam Aaron, or Jason Killer. All Killer? right, uh, I would. By Jason Kalar, although he made the stupidest decision in, in movie studio history with the whole 2021 release date stuff for Warner Brothers. He has done some very although good things. I heard things. that was Toby Emmerich's idea. Well, whatever. He's the guy. It was it's his decision. It. Yeah. it doesn't matter who has the idea if you're the guy who makes the decision. But he's also done some pretty smart things. I'll buy him. I would rent Bob Chapek. Uh, Again, I don't think he's been had enough time to do it, the job. I think he should be given another year to see if he can straighten things out. 
all that kind of stuff for that. And obviously, I would sell Adam Aaron of AMC. <laughs> now all do right. fuck Mary Kill. I'm kidding. <laughs> now do fuck Kill. All right, what's next? Casey Mack. I don't know if even Misha Collins would get me to watch the Gotham Night Show. Then again, I am still watching Naomi for whatever reason, so maybe it will. LOL. Listen, I'll tell you what. I am skeptical about this Gotham Night Show, but I will absolutely check out the first episode and see if it can win me over. Look, I was skeptical about Batwoman, right? When This is back when Ruby Rose was still on it. And sure enough, I, I checked it out, and after about two or three episodes, I tapped out. It wasn't for me, and that's fine. But I still checked it out, even though I didn't think yeah, it Yeah, why not? Up. I will definitely check out Gotham Knights for sure. And we'll see if it went. Listen, I didn't think Black Lightning looked good at all. That's the oh, most ridiculous costume in superhero great. history. But I loved that show. Mm -hmm. So you always give it a By shot. By the way, come on, that costume. It's oh, awesome. Oh, come it's on, dude. such a come bad on, costume. Man. But the show Classic is so Black Lightning. All right, what's next? From Joel. What if Venom could sense the symbiote he left behind and it turned Spider-Man evil? Venom would have to stop him and get his symbiote back. Didn't they just do that with uh, Let There Be Carnage? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the same. By the way, she was actually in a great episode of Star Trek Enterprise. What was the name of it? Carpenter, Carpenter Street. Street. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the name of it. Okay. There we go. All right. What's next? Good episode. Thank you. From Lucky BX. Hi, crew. I really enjoyed Movie Club yesterday. Thank you, man. I have to say my favorite scene in the Godfather trilogy is the Fredo I'm smart scene. Hashtag RIP John Cazale. Was that Cazale. part two? Did that yeah. happen? I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. Not like they say. Oh, poor Fredo, man. Like, he was just born into the wrong family. If he was born into another family, perfectly happy life, perfectly normal guy. I mean, just, he was in his, he died of cancer. He was Meryl Streep's boyfriend. He they, died of cancer. We're talking about the actor now, not the character. Yeah, not the yeah. character. Uh, Deer Hunter, Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. The Conversation, and Godfather 1 and 2. All right, what's next? From Walter Whitewalker. Spiders Good are the name. size of a child's hand parachuting from the sky soon here on the East Coast. Aaron, coming to visit? <laughs> Rude. Really? What's? Uh, well, I don't I have no idea what this is. I don't about. know what that's about. I don't want to know what that's about. I don't need. Don't even try to start telling me, Rob. I don't even care. <laughs> I am supposed to be going to the East Coast to see family that I have not seen in two years, and they're all just gonna have to FaceTime. Where on the East Coast? Huh? Above or below on the East Coast? Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago. Are there, if there's spiders. You'll be okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not like you're going to Australia. Don't go a little south, though. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Alex, one of two. Hello, John. I am one of those people who believe Avatar is overrated. Stephen Lang made that movie, in my opinion, and his absence will be felt. Story He's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Story took a backseat for impressive visuals. Um, second part. Uh, and it was a story, in my in my opinion, that was done better in other movies. Fingers crossed that he delivers, but this is the guy that looked hooked me in the face. At, oh, looked me in the face and told me Dark Fate was going to be an amazing movie. Um, and obviously that did not work out so well. Of course, and he didn't direct it. This is all, but like, if you're going to say that, then you'll say this is the guy who gave us True Lies, mm -hmm. who gave us Terminator, who gave us aliens? Who gives aliens? Who gave us the, the abyss? The, the, the abyss. Who gave us the third biggest franchise film? The third biggest box office film of all time, Titanic. Who gave us? So yeah, you can point out one thing that he didn't even direct. Uh, I, and listen, I I disagree. Listen, I totally agree. This movie, at the first Avatar, was Dances with Wolves in Space. It was. But you can say that about several MCU yeah. movies. 
you can you can you can take several MCU movies and draw a direct comparison to another movie that has a similar story. Yes, and that's true and that's fair. But that movie was still really good. You can say Avatar about was any so, movie though. Every yeah. romantic comedy yeah, is no, much ado about nothing. There is no original story. Like it's all just versions of Shakespeare. Yeah. And even that wasn't original. <laughs> but I mean he, and look, and it's not going to work for everybody. If the first one didn't work for you, it didn't work for you and that's totally yeah. good, but it's uh it was the number one box office film of all time for a reason. And I certainly didn't go back to watch it two or three times because of the visuals. The visuals are definitely a part of the experience for sure. But they told a really good story. Yeah. At least in, in our opinion. It was that, and there is a real belly. sense of wonder. Like yeah. I said, when they learn to fly those dragons, that whole sequence is amazing. Oh, yeah. So There's great. something way uh, Cameron's able to capture that so, so well. But hey, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Because it's romantic. That's why it's concerned. All right, what's know. next? All right, from B. An AP article said best pick noms each get an allotment of tickets, which the studio doles out. Disney stub snubbed its own star. Academy giving Ziegler a ticket would be giving Disney more tickets than other noms. There is an exception to that. And I was reading through because I was a friend. There's a friend of ours who's been doing a lot of research on this. And I was reading through it. So there are, yes, generally speaking, each Best Picture nomination gets a certain thing of tickets and blah, 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 blah. But there is also other avenues as well. So it's it's not that's not quite the way it works. But but kudos on you for looking that up, man. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? From Vivi. Happy Wednesday. Only a week till Moon Knight. Are you hyped? Rob, you hyped? Dude, I told you I have a whole underwear, a uh, bunch of underwear in my trunk, just in case I have an accident. <laughs> How right. many accidents do you think you're going to have? So well, the, so right, many to, be, to be fair, it's gonna be a splash they're zone. joyous accidents. Oh, All right. God. What's oh, next? God. <laughs> Zach MTV. Hey, y'all. Love the show. Recently, I saw the Batman. That's how excited I am. And the trailer for the Northman played before the movie. It looks so good. Less than a month away. As of right now, the Northman is my number one most anticipated film of the it year. It looks so good. Yeah. And now that I've already seen the Batman, now my number one most anticipated film that I have not seen yet is the Northman. Again, Aaron and I saw the, this big preview thing they did for it at uh, at CinemaCon, where it started off with the director saying, hey guys, just you know, we're still shooting this movie. Uh, a lot of the effects, the color hasn't been corrected, So, but watch this. And we still watched it. I still went, my God, I cannot wait to see this. Robert Eggers is really an emerging, one of the great talents we have working, young director, The Witch, uh, The Lighthouse, now The Northman. The guy is incredibly talented. Yeah, I cannot wait to see this movie. Cannot wait. All right, what's next? From Tim. Hey, guys. I know I bring up hockey a lot. Sorry, That's okay. Can't help it. Especially with Ovechkin. Thank you. Tying and breaking records. So I'm excited. So I wanted to throw in something different. I love the anime Bleach and can't wait for it to come back this October. What are some that you like? I've never even heard of Bleach. I've heard of Bleach and I've never watched Bleach. I haven't, I haven't seen it either, but I've I heard will of it. say, if you want some different anime, hi, let's go. Um, <laughs> you can watch Erased, which is an amazing kind of suspenseful time travel murder mystery. You could watch Ungo, which I'm a lead in. That's a real cute one. You could watch Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere, also in that one. I play a German witch. You could watch, <laughs> oh gosh, so many things. You could watch a whole bunch of the Ghibli films. There are so many things. You can watch the new Sailor Moon stuff, which I really love. That was my gateway drug to everything nerdy in the world. So much Watch stuff. some Watch Satoshi Kon, Paranoia Agent. Paranoia per Agent. Watch Samurai blue. Shampoo. Oh, all right. What's and by the way, Tim, feel free to talk hockey anytime you want, man. All right. What's next? From uh, Taff. Tateful. Okay. Taffel. Taffel. Um, 
The Netflix thing is their right. I just wish they had something for service members deployed overseas like me that literally can't be with our families to use the Netflix properly. Ooh, I that mean, sounds like a good idea. True. But Netflix shouldn't be centered out. They like, should all do it. It's it's it would be nice if streamers had some and again, we don't expect expect streamers to do things for free, but if they could work out some sort of an arrangement with the US government and military, say, hey, listen, we'll provide, you know, access to all of our stuff for all of our people serving overseas for like a tenth of what it would normally cost or or whatever. It would be good if they did that. But again, we shouldn't point out or single out Netflix for that. That's that's a truism probably maybe of most streaming services. And maybe there's something that all the streaming services can get together and say, let's come up with something. I think it's a maybe good idea. Maybe let's even create a bundle. Let's create like yeah. one big bundle and we'll say U.S. government, so we'll charge U.S. government like $3, but for all of our services. And so our service people can watch it. Maybe they should come up with something like that. All right, thanks for writing that in, man. All right, what's next? From Jerome, what I meant by Yellowstone going like Godfather is that John, Vito, dies and Casey, Michael, takes over and kills Jamie, Fredo. Uh, again, Jamie's not Fredo, though. Like, remember, in like Fredo... Fredo did betray the family. Jamie did not. Like, he didn't arrange the hit on his own family. He found out about it later after the fact. But he's not the one who did. So I think it's a little, still a little bit different there, Jerome. But, oh, my God, the family drama on Yellowstone is so good. I cannot wait for this show to come back. All right, what's next? All right, from Joel. I love the show and have been watching for years. Thank you, man. I hope you all have a fantastic day and keep up the great work. P.S. Rob, I have the Civil War Captain America hot toy, and it is glorious. It I don't is know glorious. that one. Do you have that one? Yes, the yes, and it it, it is a glorious hot. The Civil War line is great, and I didn't. I slept on Falcon, and that Falcon's like twelve hundred bucks now. If you can Whoa, buy one from Civil War, uh, but I'm sure you have another Falcon though. I do, <laughs> but I want that Falcon because it's got the red and white color scheme. I've got the first Falcon, great figure. But I don't have the Civil War. So if Falcon. somebody wanted to send it to you as a gift, they can find out where to send it when by watching your show. That's right. <laughs> and if you have a Civil War Falcon hot toy, I'll take that one off your hands. All right. What's next? Thanks from, for that, by the way. From Mufasa. How will Netflix enforce this on cell phones and say if I go to a different Wi-Fi? It's the same way banks do. They'll they'll recognize IPs. They can recognize devices that they use, all that kind of stuff. So, again, like I said, my bank has been doing this for years. It's not mm -hmm. that big of a jump for them to do it as well. All right, what's next? From Cole. Man, my dad is going to be pissed about that Netflix upcharge. I, but pissed for what? For having <laughs> I mean, to pay for something that you're using? Like, yeah. dear, oh, I should get this for free. I mean, I, I mean, again, be pissed I about gas prices. When you're used, to, like, I think you were pointing this out, Aaron. When you are used to getting something for free, even if you've never should have been getting it for free in the first place, and now suddenly they found a way to plug that hole and take that away from you. You know what it's like? It's like this is going this is going back. Back in the pay TV days. In Canada, we had two pay TV channels. One was called Super Channel, and I can't remember what the other one was called. Are you talking about like pay-per-view? No, no, no. Super channel. Pay channels. Uh, <laughs> where it was that. like it was the first thing where you it was like a movie network. They would play movies that you would normally have to go to the Rogers video and rent VHS tape. This is like pre-HBO. Pre-HBO. Oh, got it. Okay. And they had like in Canada there was Super Channel. And like you could turn to that channel, but it would be all distorted. Like it would be like in three different sections and black mm -hmm. and white 
But when they would play the adult movies late at night, and you just, I would still, people like, oh, hell oh, yeah. Come on, man. Not. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I, I can see, see that. I see that nipple. I see a butt crack. And if you go back, if you go back and forth quickly, sometimes you'd get the signal would come in. Just and for a split itself. second. But man. eventually, <laughs> they figured that out. It was so hard to wank back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how hard it was. Taking- but we tried. We tried, damn it. That's why, seriously, I remember as kids, we would literally go on hikes through the woods just hoping to find the magic magic porn gnome gnome (laughs) magazine. By the way, (laughs) in our woods on Mercer Island, Washington, there was a tree. With every the, every uh, forest did. I mean, who you could always we, find the porn man? We knew when it rained there was a lot, a porn so you tree? barely. But where is there, this magical there porn is, tree? There was a porn, and I always wondered who put, who did that. It was always somebody like older leaving the kids, but it was real. Oh, that, actually, literally, people would leave porn magazines in a, by- in a place. Yes. Yeah. Or it would be like kids would steal their parents, their dad's porn magazines, and, and take them out into the woods, right? Yep. And just leave them there under some leaves or something. You could always find porn magazines in the But bed. there was an actual specific tree in the woods by Island Park. <laughs> Between Island Park and my neighborhood, there was an actual tree. Um, yeah, so, or, that was like all said, being watched, by a predator. once the page TV channels figured out that people were still watching, right? and I would watch Star Wars on there, too, even though it was all broken up, they found a way to just make it a black screen. It's like, oh, how dare they? But yeah. they had the right to do that. All right, what's next? All right, from Devin. Hey, John, I was wondering if you guys have checked out Clouds on Disney+. Plus. It's the hardest Try Not to Cry challenge, but really sweet and inspiring. Uh, never heard of it. I haven't watched Don't know Clouds. it either. I, I have no is. idea what it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I watch so little of the content they put on Disney+. Plus, Other than the high, the high-end premium stuff that we're, like, you know, Moon Knight, Mandalorian. I, other than that, I don't care about the rest of the And movie. I watch Jeff Goldblum show. And I have watched the world of Chlorine and Jeff so Goldblum. It's so good. That is so good. Their sneaker episode is fascinating. Oh, really it's good. Amazing. So good. My friend Micheline is in the ice cream episode. Really? I was going to say, obviously, my favorite one is the ice cream episode. Yeah, she's the like basically Barbie's badass black haired sister. I saw her. That Jeff Goldblum Ooh. is very interested in talking. Yeah, to. she's dressed like she's dressed like a pinup girl in, in many ways. She that she lives like a pinup yeah, girl. She's always she is a pinup girl. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? From Fifi again, a lot of people are comparing the Batman to No Way Home in terms of box office. I think it's more fair to compare it to Homecoming, which was the first in a trilogy which only made $800 million at the box. No, you can't even compare it to that. They're two totally different types of movies that are literally appealing to do different audiences. One is a lighthearted, and I mean, with, with heavy stuff in it, sure, too, but... It's a movie that is appealing to parents. You can bring your kids to this. Batman is not. Not to mention the fact that Spider-Man, as the first film in a franchise, was already coming off of big strength in Civil War, which is where we got our introduction to that Peter Parker. So it was coming off a super popular movie that everybody loved, and everybody loved that iteration of Spider-Man, and then it came into that. This Batman movie is a totally different story. It's coming on the heels of a divided fan base, what some people don't even know if they like Batman's iterations right now. There's three different Batman running around, maybe a fourth coming into play. And it was being played by a guy that most people haven't watched any of his recent films in the last 10 years and only knew him as Twilight Boy. And that was it. So no, you can't compare it even to that. There's no comparison. Spider-Man simply came in with, it was born in, Spider-Man was born into a rich family. (laughs) <laughs> the Batman was not born into all those advantages. It had a lot of uphill 
battles to fight to try to get whatever box office. Wait a minute. Wasn't Bruce Wayne born into a rich family yeah. and Peter Parker? The movie, not characters in it. The movie, not characters in it. So are you saying that a good parent would probably not bring their child to see the Batman? A no, great saying, parent no, 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 would. No, not at all. I'm saying wow. that great it wasn't would. marketed as a film. I'm kidding. I'm oh, saying that because kid. <laughs> I brought my three-month-old son to see it, and he was like, this is and he was Imagine well, that's the first movie that you he can say that forever. That's why I brought Mom, him. Oh, that's why he brought you to say his first Mom ain't raising no Batman. punk. Mom ain't raising no punk. He was quieter than Logan. That's very yes, true. Was. Logan was like, oh my God. All right, what's next? From Ryder, is keeping the great things that happen in the Netflix Daredevil not worth keeping over some timeline plot inconsistencies in the MCU? Just sad because I loved Karen and Foggy and other things. Loved Foggy. Um, he, look. They're going to do what Star Wars did with Grand Admiral Thrawn. This isn't the same Thrawn that was in the Heir to the Empire franchise. <gasps> but we're going to bring over a lot of the things that are Thrawn. And that's what they're going to do here. They're going to bring over a lot of things that they think work. So it's, it's not the same Daredevil. But they're going to bring over a lot of things that were in that Daredevil. Ninjas. Ninjas, for one. Got to bring over ninjas. Um, whether or not they bring over that Karen and that Foggy, who knows? I, I, I don't know. But they will bring over a lot of the stuff that makes it that's going to make it feel very similar and feel very at home. But by saying it's not the actual same one, it gives them the creative freedom to do whatever they want to do. So they're going to try to do the best of both worlds there. All right, what's next? From Elite again, paying more for subscription means more piracy? No one's saying to pay more for subscriptions. They're simply saying you don't get it for free. Um, and, and I do, but I do think that there's people that do pirate a lot of, course, of stuff. Absolutely they're they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. sailing the high seas and that costs people money, yeah. especially but, independent filmmakers. Yeah. But I also find it funny that not everybody, but I find it's a lot of the same people who say $15 for Netflix is outrageous, which is an outrageous statement in and of itself when you get... But a lot of these same people say, I'm still a physical media guy. Okay, let's visit that for a second. You'll go to Walmart or Target or whatever your outlet of choice is. You'll drop $23 for a physical disc for one movie. Netflix is charging $15 a month for hundreds of thousands of hours of content and programming. That is, that is accessible to you Anywhere you are, anywhere there's a screen, you got a phone, you got a tablet, you got a computer, whether you're on an airplane, whether you're on a ship, whether you're sitting at home or you're at a buddy's place or you're taking a walk in the park, $15, hell, if they raise up to $20, is still a value proposition when you consider what you're getting in return. I'm, I'm not, nobody likes to hear that, and we all like to say, hey, everything should be cheaper, and I, I get that, I do. But when you consider what you're getting for your subscription service to Netflix, it is still a very much a value proposition. Do you want to hear something crazy? Crazy. I might know somebody who actually has bought bootleg Netflix shows on physical media. That is kind of nuts. Which would have been cheaper just I think we all have an idea of who that somebody might be, Rob. But you have Netflix. I mean, but he let me also say, has let me say, a I also have Disney Plus and I have The Mandalorian on <laughs> physical media too. All right. What's That's next? how crazy I am. From Kermit Yoko. Hi, John. Do you think the Spider Man things begin being fake in the Morbius trailer can cause a lawsuit? No, because here's the thing. Look, they never, like, this would be the difference. 
they never showed Spider-Man in the trailers. They never said Spider-Man's in this movie. They never showed Andrew Garfield going, hey, Dr. Morbius, how are you today? Wait a minute, my Spidey sense is tingling. And then they edited that out of the film. The situation with, uh, what was the name of the movie, Yesterday? Mm -hmm. The situation with the movie Yesterday, they literally, in their trailer, showed a big movie star, Anna de Armas, in the trailer. Some people, relying on that, because they're big fans of Anna de Armas, bought, bought or rented the movie on Amazon because they thought they were going to get to see Anna Darmus, she was, and they, she wasn't in it. That was blatant false advertising. For that to be similar to this situation, you literally would have had to have seen Spider-Man swinging around town or maybe throwing a punch with Morbius or something like that. And that is not the case. There was a picture of a mural on a wall. Uh, that doesn't really constitute the same thing, so I don't think it's... It's still dirty! Don't get me wrong. I, I still think it's dirty, but it's really not the same thing. All right, what's next? All right, from uh, Jerome. Do you think Rip and Beth will live until the end of Yellowstone? And if they don't, will you continue to watch the show? If it's done well and done... Look, it, first of all, yes, I do think they will live on to the end of the show. If they don't, but their exit is done in a really great narrative-driven way... Listen, my favorite character on Sons of Anarchy got knocked off. And it crushed me. But that emotional crushing kept me in the show, too. I mean, and I watched that thing right through to the end. So, yes, I will still hang. Do you guys ever? I will say this, though. The show Vikings, mm -hmm. once Ragnar died, and he was the show. He was the main character of the show. But once Ragnar died, I did kind of fall off the show because he was the main character. But I, I don't think Game of Thrones. Yeah. Great I mean, example. there's never been a bigger, oh shit, anything can happen now mm -hmm. than the season finale of episode of, of season one. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you kill the main character who the entire show is around and then still have a show that continues to be massively successful to the point where you kind of forget that he was even ever a part of it? Yeah. 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 Great. That was a great example. Actually, that's what made me love the show and want to continue watching. anybody could die at any minute there's a show the british show it's called spooks in the uk it's called mi5 here mm -hmm. they did a great job great. of killing their main characters oh. <laughs> it was you never knew who was gonna go on that show but yeah like game of thrones and sons of anarchy kind of set the stage of main characters can die yeah i mean look at what's happening on ozark i'm not gonna i don't no watch ozark so i don't know no spoilers wow but oh my god when is, does it come back next month? It's supposed to come back soon. I yeah. can't wait. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. All right, what's next? Superhero movies are the best. Guess the quote. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's That's Rocky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How, well you, how much you can take and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's Rocky talking to uh, Milo Ventimiglia who played his son in that movie. Great casting. And uh, Milo is the guy. I, I bring it up all the time. Rocky just Balboa. I'm, I am so... What's that? In the movie, it's Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. I, I always mention because I'm so grateful that Milo is the reason I met Anne. Uh, he's the guy who brought Anne to the first event that I met Anne. And then because Milo was on my show the next day, Anne called in to be one of the callers in for the show. Uh asked my producer if she could have my contact info 
My and by the way, and hit on you on your show. Yes, that's amazing. Well, I, I mean, didn't know she, that she was at least interested in getting my contact information. I that's how we you first guys met. met on ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> she told me no farmers only, farmers only. Not J date. No, <laughs> so, um, but I can't even now. I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh yeah, by the way, you know who my producer was that that took her information. They they just sold their network, the React network. You guys remember the Fine Brothers? They're like the biggest thing on the internet for years. They did the Kids React, whatever. They did all that kind of stuff. Benny Fine. Benny and Raffi were, were producing on that. Wow. My my movie blog talk show at the time. And uh, the, I think it was Benny Fine that took the call and, and got wow. Ann's initial contact information. Uh-huh. Ann and I touched base. We decided to go on a date. Our first date ended up being, I was going to take her to see Iron Man at an early press screening. I was going to pretend I was old cool because I'm going to an early screening of a movie, right? But I got the time wrong, so we missed it. So I just said, as smooth as I was, well, hey, listen, I just got this DVD for 30 days a night. Oh, my God. Want to come back to my place and we'll watch it? Want to Netflix and chill, basically? No, want to come back to my place and watch the movie? This is literally, this is pretty woman for groupies. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that it was physical media? <laughs> you and your wife? It was physical media that, 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 that uh, gave us our first thing. Just saying, you know, there's something to be said for taking out that little disc and sliding it in and hitting play. That's Here all I can tell go. you. All, but again, all that to say is it's because of Milo Ventimiglia that I ever met her in the first place. So whenever a chance comes up to highlight and give glory and praise to Milo Ventimiglia, whose series finale of This Is Us is coming up here. I will always take it. All right. What's next? John Redcorn, if this is true, then screw this Sonyverse, bro. I, I, again, look, the movie might still be awesome if it's true. But if it's true, I'm going to be very, very disappointed in Sony. But again, we, uh, if it's if it's true, we'll find out soon I in a couple of days. I just can't wait to watch all the other hot takes all over YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next? From Casey Mack again. Hey, John and crew, just wanted to know if you saw the trailer for Where the Crawdads Sing, and what are your thoughts? I have not. I heard it came out, but I have not I've watched, watched okay, it Okay, I did. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? I watch. I mean, it, it's a best-selling book. I, I know that. I get it. I watch it. And I'm like, I get it. I totally understand. Is this like the new Notebook? What is this? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I have it is no going to be it. all over the Oscars next year. What's the so. basic okay. idea of it? I don't know. I didn't read the book. I didn't read it. <laughs> Did you see the trailer? <laughs> no. Oh, so what's the basic? Crawdads are singing. No, they're not. I look. It, it, I, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. But no, I, to answer the question, Casey, I haven't seen the trailer it yet. It dropped yesterday. Okay, I will watch it later today, and maybe we'll, we'll give it a mention tomorrow. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Alf2024, and I have part two of his on here. So, hey, John and crew, oh, with an almost $20 super chat. Thank, thank you. you, Alf. I had a really long message to send, and we'll send you that through mailbag instead. But I wanted to let everyone know on the show, although here, that you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. I deal with depression and anxiety, and your content keeps me going each day at a time. Thanks for all you guys do. Random question. If it's past due, we don't give Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige the benefit of the doubt. Well, no. I mean, look, we have given Kevin Feige the benefit of the doubt for years. Years. Marvel and Kevin Feige have been given, rightfully so, the benefit of the doubt for a long time. I'm only now starting to question it. And I say question it because... Like I said, I have never gone 
like four out of five Marvel projects that I straight up didn't love. Right? You put on Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. I do too. You put out Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. You put out Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Strange. You put out anything Captain America titled. I love it. But then, and, and WandaVision love, but then came, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier, which I like. I didn't love. Loki, which I liked. I, I didn't love. Hawkeye, which I just straight up didn't like. What If, which I honestly thought was a bit of a waste. Um, so I, I, I am almost to the point now where a Marvel film to me or a Marvel project to me is like anything else. If it looks good, it looks good, but I don't automatically give it the absolute benefit of the doubt anymore. Still a big fan, like super excited about Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, yes, but I just don't automatically in blind faith give it the benefit of the doubt anymore. But that's just me. I'm pretty excited about Moon Knight. Well, so am I. But I'm excited about it because it does look great. It does. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the benefit of the doubt, like, I give Pixar the absolute blind benefit of the doubt. Because mm -hmm. now when a trailer comes out and it didn't doesn't look all that good, Coco didn't look all that great to me. But if a trailer for a Pixar film comes out now, and even if I don't think the trailer looks very good, I will still have zero doubt that it's going to be awesome. Man, I, I don't feel that way about Marvel anymore. I regret. That's one of the great, uh, on my deathbed, I'm gonna, when my life flashes before my eyes, not going to see Coco in the theater is going to be one of those moments where I'm like, damn it. I put on that disc, John, the first time I... That movie's looked, so good. Oh, That is a really good life if that is one of your regrets. <laughs> I'm thinking of a whole lot of other regrets Look, I have. Man, I've I had have... a great life. Let me just tell you. Clearly. I've had a great life. All right, let's keep going here. What's next? From Anish. Severance is fantastic. Thank you guys for the recommendation. Okay, so I am now caught up with Severance. Is it done? No. No. I don't know that I love it. Really? I like it. It's interesting. But it is a slog to get through. It is, it's... It, I feel very often like you're, I'm just like I'm trying to get from point A to point B, but I'm carrying a bag with like 80 pounds of weight in it a mm. little bit. Like it's it's uh, and the whole cure thing. Mm. I just kind of feel like that was almost something they should have told us about earlier to introduce us to the world. But mm -hmm. we're getting more glimpses of it. But I'm watching every episode like I have not tapped out on this show. I'm still yeah. intrigued by it. I think Adam Scott is fantastic oh, in this um i love the brother-in-law i mean I, I actually really really do mm -hmm. he like i almost feel like he should have been played by zach galifianakis but i am i am really liking the brother-in-law mm -hmm. but i yeah i don't love it right how, how are you feeling about it right now i love it i really enjoy it i also met a point though of like I don't trust anyone. Yeah. Right? Of like, no one is who they say they are. Ah, and so I'm suspicious of everybody. Are either of you guys watching Severance right now? I don't even know what this is. Okay, so the, the concept is brilliant. So Adam Scott, uh, who most people will remember from oh, I really uh, Parks like and Rec. Yep. Yeah. So it imagines a world. It's, it's, it's a variant reality from our own. But he works basically at a Apple, right? Okay. But it's called Lumen is the name of the company. But Lumen has some top-secret divisions. And if you want to work in those divisions, you have to go through a procedure called severance, which basically is this. It's a procedure they put you through that when you show up at work and go into work, you have no knowledge or memory of what your life is like outside of work. And then once you leave work, you have no knowledge or memory of what you've done in work. 
it cre literally creates almost two separate individuals. I think I auditioned for that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <gasps> oh, you I would think... have been great in or, that role. You know what? She could have been Adam Scott's sister. She would have you know what? I save all of my audition sheets in a file on my email. I'm going to look it up when we're at lunch today. Yeah, but you wouldn't re have remembered anything about the audition once, you've, once you've left. That's true. Okay, we've only got a couple questions left, so let's take one more sponsor break before we get to those final ones. Hey, guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So, guys, look, my wife Ann and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home, and that's that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's again, HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use that promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to the folks at HelloFresh. They're delicious, by the way, for being a sponsor of this episode of The John Campia Show. Okay, guys, just a couple of questions here left. Let's take this thing home. What do we got next? All right, from Jerome. Have you seen The Night Comes for Us on Netflix? I, again, no. never heard of it. Uh -uh. I haven't seen it. Shock, water wet. Netflix has things that they don't advertise to the world. Yeah. I, I've never heard of it. Does anybody know anything about this? No, but if y'all recommend it, I'll check it out. I will keep our eyes open for it, yeah. Jerome. Thanks for putting it on the radar. All right. Isn't that the Ni Nicholas Wending Reffin show? Is it the series that he It did? sounds like a title he would give. By the way, somebody in the live chat who just said this, uh, that guy, yes, yes, in the live chat just said it's really awesome. So, all okay. right, going to keep our eyes open Sweet. for it. Thanks for putting it on our radar, Jerome. All right, what's next? From Gerardo. Hey, John, been watching since I was a freshman in high school about seven years ago. Wow. Your audio oh. versions make my day at work a little more enjoyable. Uh, thank you, man. And again, we didn't plug it at the beginning of today's episode, but if you want an audio-only version of our show, we do have the John Campia Show podcast. So just go on your favorite podcasting app of choice and look for that there so you can listen to it on your drive. And that viewer can drink now, yeah. which is very cool. <laughs> All right, what's next? John Redcorn, over under 60% Rogue Squadron and Star Trek Four don't happen. <sighs> I heard something recently that has changed my mind a bit. I do believe Rogue Squadron is going to happen. Star Trek Four is definitely happening. Mm -hmm. that, that, even Chris Pine is starting to talk about it a little bit. So that's definitely going to happen. I, I put that in the 90% range that it's going to happen. Um, and I would have been a coin toss on Rogue One, but I found out something recently that I'm not going to say 100%, but made, it's made me go, okay, okay, yeah. So Rogue One is probably going to happen. I, I don't expect within the next three years 
Uh, I mean, it's, it'll be in production within the next three years, but I don't think we're going to see it in theaters in the next three years. But I do believe both of them are happening. That's the good. Star Trek Four that was announced before the cast knew that they were involved in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So Chris Pine's clearly making a lot of money. Now, mm -hmm. for what I've heard is that it wasn't as cold call as the reports made it out to be. Because mm, okay. the way the reports may have sound is like, this one day, Zoe Saldana was sitting at home, turned on the TV, and there's a report. They're right. talking about doing Star Trek Force. She's like, I've never even heard of this. Apparently, there were some preliminary discussions, some things like that. They had not heard that it had been greenlit. Yeah, but it had been announced many, many times by different people, different directors. Yes. I think they just Rachel Ziegler'd it. They just said, you know what, let's just put it out there. And also, some, and also something that I didn't think about when we had the initial discussion is a lot of times when you sign on for one of these franchise films, you have it in your contract. Like, if they do six of them, I'm in. I had a friend who passed on a a huge X-Men role because his team said, you don't want to be locked in for four movies. Yeah, hopefully that's not his team who, anymore. Who yeah. doesn't want to be locked in for four movies? I was movies? like, lock me agent. in. Yeah. Put me in handcuffs. I'm happy to be locked. All right, what's next? From Tim, I wish my parents could meet Rob just to watch them talk about Star Trek for hours. Hey, you know what? If you want it, I'll DM me. Slide into my DMs. I'll send your folks my uh, phone number. If I can talk Star Trek, I will do it. You can listen Again, to it. And after this show, I will talk to Rob and remind him about why it's not a good idea just to hand to out your phone, phone number phone to number. people. Random people. You're going to get so <laughs> many dick pics, right. man. But people who talk Star Trek, it's as long as it's, and if they're parents, that means it's old school Trek, which I can talk about. Well, well, there you go. All right. What is next? And we're just ending with a bunch of support. The man with the master plan, Jerry, Connie, thank you all so much for your donation. Uh, by the way, Jerry and our friend, Connie, we both, we, uh, Rob and I both know Connie. So send, send those in, send in time. Just Connie is the best. Connie Sang is, she's the woman of your dreams, man. All right, guys. And uh, so thank you to you guys for sending that in. And guys, that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thanks to all you guys who sent in the Super Chats. Number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here at the John Gabby Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Want to go around the table here. Thank everybody who's here. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Chris Carr. We got Aaron. And of course, oh, where's Joey? I think she old yellered under my chair. She's not moving. <gasps> oh, she oh, old no. oh, wow. I have a fucking oh. No, do that to your cats, not to your dog. <laughs> Oh, Joey. Joey, Joey. oh, I love Joey so much. And guys, we love you so much. Thanks a lot for being here. And until tomorrow, my friends, bye-bye.